0: this city, and I see it going to hell. Sometimes I think this place is
1: cursed. But I won't let it fall apart without a fight. Citizens of Gotham, we will not. We cannot let these killers, and these robbers, and these rapists, and these thugs win. Not on my watch.
0: There is a war coming, a terrible war
1: there will be chaos rivers of blood in the streets I know it it's my new partner Jim Gordon you have a little danger in
0: your eye I wonder what you plan to do with that
1: you killed people before (laughs) that was war this is
0: war we're at war What's your name?
2: My name's Bruce Wayne.
1: I promise you, I will find the man who did this. I'm learning to conquer fear. Fear doesn't need conquering, fear tells you where the edge is.
0: Somebody has to take over, it might as well be me. Gotham is on a knife edge. This is not a city for nice guys. Dobrocho! dark and scary the world might be right now. There will be light. There will be light. Brooks. <laughs>
1: Hey what's up everybody You're listening to another episode of the Bat Fans Without Pants and Socks and a 52 inch waist podcast. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe podcast network and we're on episode 67. My name is Tim I'm going to be your host for this episode. We're kind of going to be doing a bizarro version of the podcast as I'm going to be hosting this one but joining me as always is my co-host at least for this episode is Dane. What's up Dane?
2: I'm surprised you remembered our whole name, because every time I host, I can never remember yeah. our name. I mean, it's just too long. I mean, I'm sorry. We, we made a monster, Tim.
1: Yeah. Well, we dug ourselves a hole that we can't get out of now. We can't edit it out. It's with yeah. us forever.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. But how was uh, Jeter's uh, walk-off yesterday? That was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, when it's the ninth inning and the Leafs blow the leaders in uh why, on the one special night of the year, since they were disappointing this whole season, they're not making the playoffs, they blew it when, for Jeter's last game. But then after they go, no, it's actually going to be perfect. In the bottom of the ninth, Jeter's going to get the walk-off hit and win it. And sure enough, that's exactly yeah. what happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's just so great for him to do that because like, that whole week... Leading up to that game, it, people were talking like a lot of crap about him. Say, you know, saying he was just an okay player. Yeah, I uh, think people know, just
1: wanting attention to get people to check out their articles uh, or whatever. It's like, come on.
2: Yeah, and I mean, he, he he was a good player. I mean, yeah, he was a really good player. But the the sort of showboating cut got, got kind of annoying. I, I mean, I know a lot of it wasn't in his hands, like all the all the merch and mm. stuff. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I just got kind of sick of the showboating, but I'm glad, you know, he got a good send off. Yeah, at Yankee Stadium.
1: I mean, the only way to top it was if he had a home run or something. But <laughs> <laughs> lock off it. I mean, come on, he hit a grand slam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Down by three, and it's hits a game winning grand slam.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, he only has one grand slam in his career. Wow, really? Yeah, it was against the Cubs. I like, think back in '05 or something like that. Mm.
2: And he's never finished uh, first for anything, has he?
1: No, just rookie of the year. But yeah came and in he's second. never been
2: uh, mvp yeah right? just came in yeah.
1: second in 2006
2: oh yeah he almost got it then
1: yeah well, he should have got it <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna remember justin <laughs> morno 20 years from
2: now. <laughs> is he even still playing
1: yeah he's on the rockies oh sorry if i offended any twins fans listening who love justin <laughs> morno
2: <laughs> oh man but yeah, it was a bitter
1: sweet yeah. moment, I guess. Like It was an awesome way to go out, but at the same time, that's it. No more Derek Jeter. <laughs>
2: well, is... technically, yes. I mean, he's going to play at least one more, right?
1: Yeah, at least one more. He's going to DH, but in a meaningless game, not in the Yankee <laughs> Stadium. <so. laughs>
2: Why isn't he playing short?
1: He just wanted it to be a last moment at Yankee Stadium towards uh, being at shortstop, so I could understand that.
2: Uh, I guess. I mean, if you're going to... If you're just going to go out like that. I don't yeah, know.
1: He deserves to go out on whatever terms he wants. <laughs> <He's earned it. laughs>
2: I wonder how much money he's made the Yankees over the past what, 20 years.
1: Yeah. That's a good question. Man. I wonder if it's a billion.
2: <laughs> I mean, it has to be at least... I mean, it has to have passed a billion. Because all the merch... March, and,
1: ticket sales?
2: Yeah, ticket sales... Um. Promotions, right? I mean, um, like let's say Nike sponsored him. Don't the Yankees get a cut of that too?
1: I'm not sure on that. I don't know if it's just a player thing or if it's the team gets. I'm sure it's that's what's all worked out through the Players' Union or something. But
2: yeah, yeah. Whatever. How much? It's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wonder How much? I mean, compared to like Justin Smoke or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like a guy who has endorsements. (laughs) Yeah. He's supposed to be like the next, the next like big thing. And he kind of wallowed in three years. I want to say three years.
1: Um, four actually. It was two thousand ten Was that big trade? Yeah, that's why the Yankees yeah, didn't yeah. get Cliff Lee that year.
2: Yeah, he was supposed to be like this this uh, lifesaver for the um, for the Mariners, right? Yeah. And then was it last year they sent him down?
1: It was this year. He started out actually good this year, and people were saying, Oh, this is the year Smoke's going to break out. And then <laughs> next thing you know, it's a September call up. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: maybe, maybe, maybe next year, his
1: fifth year. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not next year, his fifth year, it might be time to move on. <laughs> yeah.
2: it might be time to trade.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's going to have a Derek Cheater moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, I day of his career. yeah, I don't think so, but. Anyway, oh, I'm not the host. <laughs> yes,
1: I, we're in the Bizarro podcast, you, you, but you, are story is still lingering in the normal world. So <laughs> Just in you to transition but, to the next one.
2: But I should say, like right up front here, I was wrong. I was pretty wrong. Um, Arrow is a good show.
1: Yes, it took you two seasons, but yes, <laughs> you're finally with yeah. me.
2: Well, I'm still on the first season. And I got the the season season finale spoiled for me thanks to Wikipedia.
1: Oh, wow, what'd you look on there for?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, was, I don't it? know why I did it. I I really don't know why I did it. I was just curious um, about like everything about that show. Um, and unfortunately, I read the cast list, mm-hmm. and Tommy.
1: Spoiler alert for those that haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we haven't seen it. Uh, skip ahead a little bit. Tommy dies, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so hopefully it's not going to be another season, like half a season of Laurel and uh, Ollie. Oh, we can't be together. <laughs> that sort of thing, you know.
1: Yeah, they'll play on a little bit. Of course, they have to deal with it next season. But it's yeah, not yeah. definitely not the focus. But I think I would like a surprise when that happened because there was kind of setting up in this typical thing where oh my father is the bad guy and yeah he's gonna die but then i'm gonna take over as the villain and i'll be like the best friends oliver and tommy are gonna now be villains but then when they actually kill them off it's like oh i didn't see that coming it actually works better for the story and it's not just the same old thing that we're used to like i was saying so i think overall it was probably the right decision to do it it made him go out as a hero too
2: yeah yeah and do we see uh helena again yes you do Okay, good. Cause I, I thought they did a did a really good job with uh, Huntress.
1: The season two or her appearance in season two, not so much in my
2: opinion. Uh, anyway, you'll see why. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid I uh, I'm afraid to watch season two. Oh I man. really am, because I, I I thought she was written re- really well. You know, she was introduced the story really well, and I know that there was a lot of like, I mean, especially on that date where it was like, oh. Uh, I, I can't let people in, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that was like the basis of their relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. But and and that was kind of—I don't know—it was kind of bad. But when her dad shoots her, that's what surprised me. I—I yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah, because they'll—they'll do more with her and her father in season two. But certain stuff she does, like uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> she kills people. Yeah,
2: it's like. The... So does Arrow.
1: No, but not criminals. What? Yeah, you'll see in the episode. She's oh. only in one episode. Next season, so he's not like a main focus or anything. Oh. But season two, I think, is way better. A lot more uh, comic appearances. I mean, the main villain for that. I don't know if you know already, but if not, I won't Deadshot. say. Deadshot. Not Deadshot. Deathstroke. <laughs> oh, Deathstroke. Yeah.
2: And yeah. Deathstroke, Deathpool. Or Dead. Deathstroke, uh, Deadpool, Deadshot. Uh, and Deadshot.
1: There's Deathlock, Marvel <laughs> character. Oh
2: man, I've I get them all confused all the time. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is deal a lot with death. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you're finally watching. And like I said, I think you're gonna enjoy season two more.
2: Yeah, you know what? It's a really good show. I um.
1: It's not it didn't turn out to be smallville for you like you were afraid of.
2: <laughs> yeah I was afraid it was gonna be smallville and it wasn't gonna be about I mean it was gonna be mostly about you know what Clark does or what Ollie does when he's not green Arrow you know okay. that was gonna be one of those things but they seem to know the balance it's like I wonder if they could do an episode where arrow doesn't even show up let, like it's just all the, all the time right, yeah. yeah yeah but like from what I can tell from the first half of this first season because I'm at the episode where uh, or I just finished the episode with the firemen okay yeah yeah and well,
1: you know you know who that character is supposed to be though right
2: firefly yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> I mean it's blatantly obvious yeah it seems they they seem to balance ollie you know as himself with with arrow and with the the flashbacks on the island yeah so so let me ask you Tim, without giving me any spoilers is that story on the island finished
1: no it is not not by a long shot (laughs) oh okay
2: dang it it's because like they keep on like adding things to it yeah Okay, so, this oh, this uh, Chinese criminal takes you in, and then oh, you get kidnapped, and then oh, you uh, you get rescued or whatever. It's like
1: like he's your friend, then he betrays you, but then he saves you again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God. Yeah, just wait till season two. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long way from being over. But they're gonna switch things up for season three as far as the flashbacks, which again I won't spoil for you, but it's gonna be a lot different than. Um, what you're going to see, what you saw in season one and what you're going to see in season two. Oh. But it's funny because certain times or certain episodes you're thinking, oh man, the flashbacks are actually uh, more interesting than what's going on in the current timeline. You're thinking, oh, let's focus more on the flashbacks. But then certain episodes are like, it works the perfect balance. And then the flashbacks aren't as good as uh, what's going on in the main uh, current timeline. So it depends on the episode, but for the most part, it all works really well together.
2: And I have to ask, is it always raining when, when Oliver goes into the um, his his warehouse, is <laughs> because like the, there's always a background of like water. I mean, wh- what is that? Is that like sewage or something? <laughs> you know, I,
1: now that you mention it, yeah, <laughs> I guess in the first scene there was a lot of that, but yeah, I don't you know. think they do it as much in the second.
2: Oh yeah, And by the way, spe- speaking of uh, Helena, mm-hmm. I I thought she was gonna betray him, and um. Tell everybody who he was, But oh. <laughs> I was like, ah, you can't so have fun. that
1: so early on in this series. <laughs>
2: she she just goes off into the sunset yeah. or the moon Those <laughs> <night. laughs> but yeah, overall, I'm liking it. I'm not that far into season one, but you mean uh, two, right? No, no, season one. Oh, okay, so sorry, you haven't one. saw the finale yet. Okay, no, 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 no I. I got spoiled on it.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you saw it, but you got spoiled on it before you saw it. Okay.
2: But then now it makes sense because, you know, um, Tommy got all close with Laurel, mm-hmm. or he is close with Laurel after he lost his money and stuff. And it makes sense now that I know the ending mm-hmm. because he's going to die and it's it's going to leave Laurel open for Oliver's taking.
1: Or will it?
2: <laughs> oh God! To be continued what? in season she, two. She's <laughs> gonna end up going out with um. Is it Deadshot? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Deadshot. Or oh, do you <laughs> mean Deathstroke? <laughs> Deathstroke. Yeah. Deathstroke. Is it gonna be Deathstroke? No, it. It won't. is. No, no, it's gonna be Raish. Yeah, that's <laughs> gonna be it. That's gonna be it. Alright, I'll just spoil
1: it. It's Bruce Wayne. He makes an appearance oh, in Oh, <laughs> okay. So
2: so Bruce takes his girl. Yeah. Well that makes sense. <laughs> and okay. even
1: if since we know that's never gonna happen, if he ever did, that's probably what would happen anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have yeah. that ripped somewhere.
2: But I mean I under, underestimated that show. I thought it was just another like cw CWS. I know it's not is it on CW? It is, right? Yeah. I, I I thought it was in the same vein as all the other CW shows, like that uh, that Beauty and the Beast one, <laughs> <laughs> and the Smallville. I I thought it was going to be like that, but I'm glad that I was wrong. And I'm glad that Tim was persistent again. Yes. I just, three things I got you in on now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting me to watch Arrow, so...
1: In the words of Han Solo, that's three, old me, junior. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he says two, I got you, Clone Wars, Lord of the Rings, now and now Arrow. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So, so what else are you into that you can get me into, Tim? <laughs> well,
1: let's see. I got uh, Dragon Ball Z. I got Teenage. No, thanks. Teenage Mutant thanks. Ninja Turtles. No thanks. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you like Final Fantasy, so you got that. You played some games.
2: Yeah, but y- you didn't switch me, or yeah. So I was I can't like say that. that. I haven't played a Final Fantasy in a long time, though.
1: Yeah, well, gotta wait for number fifteen because I, oh. I think that that one looks really good. But who knows when it's gonna come out? <laughs>
2: what if it sucks? Like, it's like, like the most terrible game you've ever. Played.
1: <laughs> it might. You never know.
2: So Swear. you save up your money for that PS4 and the and that game, just like well, you did with Superman <laughs> <Massacre> Sixty Four.
1: <laughs> well, by the and... time that comes out, I think I will have a PS4 anyway for other games. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Where it takes forever to release stuff. So.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Corbin brought up a good point in his email. I think it was Corbin, or was it Alex? I think it might have been Alex. He said uh, not to buy a PS4 because it's way too early.
1: That's that's why I've been <laughs> not gotten one yet. Yeah. We're on the one year mark coming to pretty soon. So yeah. that one killer game that comes out, which <laughs> it's probably gonna be arkham knight (laughs) but if something else before that comes out yeah i don't know
2: yeah because he he was like me he bought one really early and he hasn't touched it since oh man
1: (laughs) you guys should have just bought it for for me and i'd use it more
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i bought it for the blu-ray player yeah i I, I don't care about the video games i just care about the blu-ray player
1: even though PS3 is a Blu-ray player
2: already, it's, still <laughs> it's not working. as good. It's not the latest technology. <laughs>
1: <too>. <laughs> so now we can transition into our Batman Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute minute commentary slash stuff, as we like to call it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> slash stuff. <Yeah. laughs> I forgot about that part. Every time yeah. I host, I forget about that one part <laughs> for some reason.
1: How could you forget the stuff?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the most important part of this whole thing. <laughs>
1: But we are now entering minute 21. We've got to we hit the milestone of minute 20, but now we're going to make our way up to 30. So just <laughs> nine more episodes. we're a half hour in.
2: You know what? This is like, this is kind of like climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. It's like, like, like you battle, you're battling, you know, the, the snow is pounding, pounding you. And you, you know, wind is beating you up and you, you're just constantly going up and you, you get to the summit and it's like oh my god this is so beautiful and you realize you haven't even left the parking lot
1: <laughs> but we have but, got out got out of the cars <laughs> yeah.
2: that's what this this thing is this commentary is like to me anyway <laughs> yeah i think you might be
1: right there <laughs> but anyway so Set your DVD player, Blu-ray player, whether it's on a PS3 or a PS4, (laughs) digital (laughs) download, VHS, Dave, all that good stuff. Set it to minute 21, and I'll give the countdown. Are you set? Yes, I am, Tim. All right. Three, two, one, go. And the opening shot is just uh, uh, (laughs) whatever that guy
2: is. Yeah, what's the guy's name?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The councilman looking at himself on TV eating some chips. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we finally some action.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Wait. Okay. Yeah.
2: Pulled yeah. Off again. Oh, I think I might be ahead of you, Ted. <laughs>
1: like one microsecond. Yeah. I always liked the Dark Knight trilogy SWAT uh, officers' uniforms. They always look really cool.
2: Yeah, but they don't do anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they still look cool though.
2: <laughs> they don't protect anybody. <laughs> and there's Anna Hathaway screaming.
1: Which is might just be the highlight of the scene.
2: Yeah, that was really cool. And then her face changes. The SWAT's pursuing. Yeah, <laughs> Doing it's, it's like they don't take out anybody. It's just
1: like... well, they were shooting someone right there, but I think they missed. <laughs> <laughs> missed
2: by like a mile.
1: <laughs> and again, we end on the councilman oh, <laughs> grabbing <man>. his <laughs> So we got that to look forward to when we start
2: minute 22. I guess so, I mean, what I'm thinking is, I mean, we would never do this, ever, because we've gone too far, I mean, we've gone 23 minutes or 23 episodes into this thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but today, I was just thinking, why don't we just fast forward to the good parts, but you see, that would be cheating, and that would be cheating ourselves, our listeners, and Batman fans everywhere.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's much too late to do that now. We're already much committed. Much too late. Yeah. yeah. We could have gotten away with it within the first five minutes of the commentary, but now, yeah, no way. We're deep into this thing now, and there's no turning back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like, um, what is it, like, Tim? Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like using the bathroom at somebody's house, like when you really have to go, so you go. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have i too deep <laughs> to <laughs> turn around.
1: <laughs> we always got in the bathroom analogies. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, it's what makes bad fans without pants and socks and 52-inch waist. Bat fans without pants and socks and a 52-inch waist. That's what makes our podcast our podcast. Yes. So.
1: <laughs> Batman references. <laughs> we always have that. But anyway, yeah. moving on to our featured topic. We had, It was a big Batman week this week as Probably since, because I don't really want to count the Birds of Prey TV show (laughs) as a Batman series, but maybe since the 1966 Adam West Batman show, we got our first Batman-centric, well, not Batman-centric, but a show with a bunch of Batman characters in there as Gotham premiered this past Monday, and so we're going to be giving our review for it. And We said how much we were anticipating it in previous episodes and kind of expressed some concerns of what we were afraid might happen with it, but now it's time to give our opinion on it that we've seen it it's aired and well we're f- for looking forward to new episodes or not now after we've seen it so dane i'll throw it to you first what did you think of the pilot of gotham um
2: well first off i should say right up front i l- i liked it i thought it was a really good show oh yeah it's i'll listen
1: there too yeah we're gonna go into spoilers also <laughs> so if you haven't oh, seen yeah episode yet, yeah. so, so yeah, we're gonna talk about anything that uh, we felt should be discussed, whether it's spoilers or not so it's uh, the warnings
2: out there yeah, and I mean even though it's really hard to like it's really hard to judge a show based on, solely on the pilot but I I got to say I liked it. I really did. Um you saw it before I did, right? Mhm. You you saw it when it premiered. I saw it when I well, when it went on Hulu because I don't have cable anymore. Um but you said something about there being a lot of villains, and that got me scared. And I was like, oh, no, don't tell me they just littered this whole this whole show with, with Batman villains. And while there were a lot of villains in there, I thought they did it really in, in a smart way. You know, it's, it's Ivy when she's a girl, Catwoman, which kind of didn't make any sense why she was in in this episode, but I mean, I guess she had to see the, the Wayne murders, right?
1: Yeah, and I'll get into that when I get my opinion, because that's something I wanted to talk about.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, in the end, I really liked it. I, I didn't didn't think I'd like, like, um what's his name, uh, Penguin. Uh-huh. I just thought I had enough of him, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, what are you doing? But I like the actor who played him. And I I liked how he was written. The only thing that really kind of made me feel weird was uh, Edward Nygma Riddler. Mm-hmm. So that means he's like in his sixties when when Batman shows up.
1: No, not sixties. No, no. Right? Like, he's, a, he's probably early, probably maybe mid twenties when we saw him here.
2: Is really? That, yeah, he's a like, he older than that. No, that's anyway. the
1: oldest, I think, maybe 30. I no. think in 15 years is probably when you'll see Bruce as Batman, so he'll be like mid-40s like something like that, I would think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I like how they're using him in this show. You know, he, he, he's part of GCPD, but I think the, the best character in this show has to be Bullock mm-hmm. because he wants... To, He's just one of those characters that wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't do the right thing. He can't do the right thing, and he's torn. Especially the second half of uh, the pilot episode, which to me was what really made w- w- was the big payoff. Because yeah, I totally agree. You know, like the first half was kind of your standard: introduce the characters, the Waynes get murdered, which we've seen thousands of times. And to me, the second half is where the show comes into its own. It's, you know, corrupt Harvey, you know, trying to do his job, but being weighed down by, you know, the mob, essentially. You know, Fish Mooney. Terrible, terrible name, by the way. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Jada Pinkett Smith was good, though. I'll say that. Uh, And, you know, Falcone. Who they call Falcone, by the way.
0: Yeah, that kind of threw me off a little
2: bit. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, who? Who, Who's the mob boss? But but I'm glad we got to see him. I mean, I wasn't following the show that close, but I was really surprised to see him in this episode, or in the show at all. Mm -hmm. I I thought Fish Mooney was going to be the big mob boss, but it was great to see him. Um, And, of course, the scene on the docks with the Penguin, Gordon, and... uh, Bullock that's that was the big payoff I mean the acting was superb in that scene by all three actors especially uh Ben McKenzie and I think Ben McKenzie kind of nailed Jim Gordon I think he did yeah <laughs> I, I don't know about you Tim but I think he did and of course you know Donald Logas Bullock was was perfect I mean I'm a fan of Bullock I've said it on this podcast before, and to see him on the li- uh, in live action was awesome. And he's written so well in this show and in the pilot episode. Um, so, yeah, for me, this show was good. I mean, it's it, it's a good show. I, I don't know if it's great yet, because we've only seen one episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's way too early to tell. But um, the only question I have is, what are they going to do with Babs? Or, sorry, Barbara Sr. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously, they're going to play something with her and uh, Montoya having a past relationship.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Montoya. I, f- I totally forgot about her. Uh, I-, I, I liked that was... too. I was cool. I, d- I wouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. in there.
1: I mean, I think I've heard about Montoya being in there, but when I actually saw her, oh, yeah, I forgot she did. And Alan, too. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool.
2: Both actors were great. And they're they're written really well, you know. They're kind of rivals and kind of kind of bad guys, but not bad guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they really strafe. Yeah, they really strafe that line, you know. And I mean, they're written really well. The actors are great. Um, the only thing I'm wondering about is, like I said, Barbara. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be that M- Montoya thing because it seems like they have some kind of past relationship. Mm
1: um and plus you know I, uh,
2: yeah
1: sarah Essen's supposed to be brought in later on too you know i was gonna oh, mention yeah. things
2: i wonder if they're gonna go that route though do you think they're gonna i think they <laughs> will. really <laughs> really you...
1: yeah i think they will uh, give it that little year one vibe to it also <laughs> even though they're not she's not uh gordon and barbara yeah. aren't married yet but this time i guess made a little nod in there to the year one storyline they'll have it before they're married
2: yeah and i I have to say my biggest fear for the show was that it was going to be Batman Begins, not, you know, Batman, you know, beating up bad guys. I thought it was going to be about that first half of that movie mm. when Bruce was a kid. And I'm so glad that they did their own thing with it. You know, they changed it up a bit. Yeah. I'm so glad they they just didn't straight out copy it. And then once they copied it, they built their story off of that. I'm so glad they. They did their own thing. I mean, you can only do the the Wayne's murders one way, you know, somebody shooting the parents. But I'm so glad they did their own, their own sort of thing. But I do have a couple of questions, though, uh, just random, stupid questions <laughs> uh, that have nothing to do with anything. Um, but you know that one scene where, um. Ivy's dad is is being chased by uh, Gordon. Uh-huh. So you're telling me, a military guy can't catch up to a fat guy?
1: <laughs> well, he did uh, get a head start on him. I think.
2: Yeah, I know, but like he he was in the military too. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> well,
1: he... it wasn't like a clear path he was on. He was going through that uh-huh. like sweatshop type place and the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen. So. It was an obstacle course kinda of for
2: him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Well by the way, I, I like how they, they 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 wrote that, you know, uh bullocks shoot somebody. Like right in the first episode. Mm. <laughs> I just thought that was great. But um secondly Jim Gordon is a regular cop, right? And cops are city and county employees right
1: you're going to talk about his uh, apartment or
2: yeah <laughs> how does he get a how does he get an apartment like that <laughs> that's a mansion in a, in condo form i mean like h- how did he afford that is babs like a really really smart person Not that she's, like, eat, <laughs> she's the
1: one with all the money
2: <laughs> i guess so or she has rich parents or something but i mean that apartment or condo or whatever penthouse is huge yeah how, is how, do, like, how does a city cop afford that <laughs> yeah. but but yeah anyway those are my two only complaints yeah. <laughs> my only two Conflicts complaints only you would have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um
2: but yeah i i'm a fan of the show i didn't think i would i would be I didn't think they could really nail it, but yeah, sure. There, there's some bad spots, but you know, I'm not gonna be like every other Batman fan and you know bash every little thing about it. So yeah, I I liked it, and I'm a fan, and I'm a, I'm gonna be watching it whenever it comes on. So it's like, yeah.
1: you want to play catch up like Arrow?
2: Yeah, we'll have to play catch up like, <laughs> yeah, like Arrow and Clone Wars. <laughs> So once I get to the final season, or the the, the fifth season, they cancel the show. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully that won't happen with this, that you're
2: watching <laughs> it from the start. Yeah, no, It's cancel like canceled after three episodes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, for me, I really liked it a lot, too. I mean, I thought for the most part, I lived up to my expectation. It's not perfect, like most pilots aren't, but I think overall, the good outweighed the bad for me, and just from the... Yeah, right after I saw the episode, the first the thing that stuck out to me the most that I enjoyed was just the relationship already that they're establishing between Gordon and Bruce at a young age. I mean, every scene with them I thought was great. Maybe the very first scene where Gordon introduces himself when Bruce is sitting there at the murder scene, um, I kind of felt, I don't know, it was, it was something weird where I don't think it was necessarily bad. But when I, I was watching it, I was just thinking back to Batman Begins where Bruce doesn't say anything and Gordon just like uh, puts on the coat and that just, I don't know, that just spoke a lot more, had a much more uh, impact on me as like far as I'm establishing the relationship there than what the uh, lines of dialogue they spoke to each other in Gotham. Just something about the scene of Batman begins that just felt more powerful to me. But after that, every other moment of them, I thought was great. I mean, the scene at the funeral where Gordon uh, and Bullock go up and meet him and they say that they uh, caught the guy who did it or they, the guy who did it has been killed and then Bruce is all, I love that line. He was saying, like, uh, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he kind of wish, I wish you didn't kill him. And this is that drive of Batman already starting. I just love that. And then at the very end where Gordon goes to tell him that there was a mistake, it was all a setup, he, he didn't really kill your parents. And then the first when he goes there and he sees Bruce on the rooftop and they're thinking, oh, like, committing suicide. They're all, no. So like, I'm just learning to, like, embrace the fear or, or to conquer my fear and all that. Oh, that was great. And that's how at the end, Gordon was pretty much like kind of almost asking Bruce's permission, if he should still stay with the police and like this corrupt police force. And then like, as he hands the badge to him and Bruce kind of hands it back. I just love the part too, where Alfred is starting to speak and just <laughs> Bruce just puts him in his place at that young age. <laughs> it's just, I just like this interpretation of the young Bruce Wayne who, we saw the most we ever saw of a young Bruce was in Batman Begins. And now with this show, we're going to be seeing a lot more. And I really like what they're establishing with like, the young Bruce in this series and then how they're going to incorporate his relationship with Corin. So, all that stuff I thought felt they knocked out of the park. I just loved every moment with them, too. So, I just can't wait to see more of them in future episodes. And I, it's funny because remember when we're talking about how we're kind of worried that, oh, this is when it was announced that young Bruce Wayne was going to be a series regular? I thought, oh, I just hope it's not going to be where. <laughs> Like, he helps Gordon solve cases, and he's going to be, like, his secret partner, <laughs> like, long, young little detective or something like that. But, no, it looks like they're going a totally different route, which is great. We're, it's even the previews for the next episode. They show Bruce already kind of doing some training on his own, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So, the Bruce and Gordon stuff was awesome. Both actors did a great job, like I said. Ben McKenzie, I mean, I was a big fan of uh, his casting choice when it was first announced. I loved him on Southland, and then to hear that he was going to be Gordon, which just, I felt perfect. And,
2: <laughs> I you thought you were going to say the OC.
1: Oh, uh, no. I never saw an episode of that.
2: <laughs> don't mind, Tim. I know that was your, your favorite show back in the early 2000s.
1: You know, George Lucas was actually on an episode of the OC. Really? Yeah. It was like during Revenge of the Sith was coming out. He's at wow. like dinner table or something, talking to some, one of the cast members, I think. Oh. But yeah, let's not talk about the OC. (laughs) So yeah, but another thing that stood out to me too was the actual Gordon or the Wayne murders where that's how this series for anyone starts. And I kind of knew that. But the thing that got me, which you alluded to earlier, was that Selina Kyle was there when the Wayne murders happened. She saw it all just like Bruce did. And then even all the trailers you would see, you see Selina Kyle kind of just at Wayne Manor looking at it, kind of almost stalking Bruce in a way. And is kind of underlying why, and now you know why she saw <laughs> this little kid see his parents get murdered in front of his eyes, her his eyes, and now her eyes, too, and I that's like a dynamic but Catwoman and Batman never thought would be possible, and I'm kind of looking forward to see how they go about that, because it's just something down the line when they are Batman and Catwoman that does have that connection, too. Maybe she won't reveal it till later on when she is Catwoman, but it's kind of the start of maybe why she'd be so, like, interested in him later on when he's Batman, so... I felt that was a good way to introduce her character. She wasn't in a lot, and I don't think she even spoke a line of dialogue.
2: No, no, she didn't. And sorry, I'm choking. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's the only character that, to me, that doesn't really fit in the show.
1: Really? Because I was—I remember yeah. I, I said on previous podcast I don't like—I didn't like seeing her already like jumping on rooftops already at a young age. But yeah. right when I saw that she witnessed the Wayne murders too, I thought, okay, I kind of like how she's being played here and not having that much to do in this episode, I thought worked well, kind of keep it a, a mystery for now because the second episode's titled Selena Kyle, so I <laughs> kind of figure she's going to be the main focus of that. But I mean, she's
2: actually going to have one line in it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe two. You don't <laughs> Maybe two. Too. So I thought for this episode it worked really well. and She wasn't one of the villains I felt uh, was shoehorned in there or just put in there. And, because sadly, I probably one of my main criticisms of the pilot was that could have done without a few references so references to the villains. I thought they were just kind of, okay, here they are. It's just fan service. The big one being uh, Poison Ivy or Ivy Pepper, as she's called in this <laughs> uh, version. But I thought, man, I
2: didn't really need that. Really? Because really? I, I thought she was the only one. I mean, not the only one, but I thought she fit. Because she's not really part of the main story yet. I mean, she's kind of like a background character.
1: Yeah, it was I don't know, not every background character is gonna to have to be a Batman villain. That's my thing. I mean, yeah, but there's I, only
2: one other one, right?
1: One other one.
2: Background villain that didn't really have anything to do. Ugh.
1: Yeah, well that brings me to my next one, the Riddler. And this one I'm kinda of torn on because I like kind of what they're going with him, being someone who's already working with the Gotham Police Department and his dialogue that he had with uh, Gordon and Bullock was really great, but for this particular episode I just felt like it was another one, okay, here's the Riddler, we got him in there, and we got Poison Ivy in there, we got Catwoman in here. So I, I think in the long run for the show, he's probably going to be a, a cool character to see, and just, probably, he's probably going to be one of the more funny characters, I would think, too. Because <laughs> you could sell a Bullock and Gordon already sick of his riddles and stuff. But I felt there was a little too on the nose there. It was like, okay, yeah, we know it's the Riddler, but okay, yeah, we see what you're doing there. But... <laughs> Those two, Poison Ivy and Riddler, I felt the ones that didn't need to be in this pilot episode per se, but like Catwoman worked. Penguin was, I think, the breakout character in this series. Like you said, we've seen seen and read enough of Penguin to last a a lifetime (laughs) by the episodes we've done on this podcast, but this version of Penguin's really good. The actor they got to play for him, I mean, I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, he did a great job. He's pretty much looks pitch perfect how you think a young Penguin would look during that time and just how you're just going to see the rise of him uh, rise up in the ranks of the mob is going to be great to watch i mean you already see him starting to work his way up trying to get rid of fish mooney and to go to the cops and he had to pay the price for it this time but you know throughout the this uh, series is run however long it's going to be you know he's going to make his way to the top and then eventually become the big crime boss which i think is going to be a great payoff for the character so the penguin was great you said like you said bullock was great the only thing is, at the end, you know he's a good cop, but he can't do the right thing, like you said. I just think what he was going to make Gordon do to kill Cobblepot at the end, I felt that might be a little too much. I don't think Bullock would go that far. I don't know, Did you get that impression at all? Because I felt that was like maybe a little too like uh, going to the dark side, for lack of better terms for him. I thought he was stripping too close to the dark side there.
2: Yeah, I did, but I felt the acting was really, really well done. It was, scene, yeah. And- <laughs> Like, I, I totally forgot about it, and I was like, man, that was a really good scene. I'm glad they had it in there. And it's kind of what makes that episode wrap up very, nice, ver- very nicely. I mean, they had to do something, because, you know, the first half of the episode is introducing all the characters, like I said, uh, you know, just your standard Batman origin story, you know? with gordon and the gcpd thrown in so they had to do something right
1: yeah of course (laughs) but i don't know i just didn't want to hear bullock tell gordon okay you have to kill this guy i don't know i I thought it was it worked but i just didn't like it being bullock because in my mind bullock you know yeah he does goes by his own methods and he might not do everything by the book but deep down you know he's a good cop and you know he'll always do the right thing and that didn't seem like the right thing to do, no matter <laughs> how bad the situation is, like Gordon proved.
2: Yeah, yeah. It. I mean, I I thought it would have been nice for him to be like, you know what, just forget about it, you know, to um to Jim. But I think it's better for his character in the long run, you know. Mm. That. That's
1: true, because then Gordon, you know, yeah. it's probably going to rub off on him to do more good.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Gordon is already that annoying good person.
1: Mm, yeah. <laughs> so
2: I think he's going to have to be doing more what Bullock did to him.
1: You know, another nitpick I had, I mean, was that this episode started off great with the Wayne murders. But I thought Gordon's introduction, I don't know, it didn't really work for me where he was already there established in the police department. And it was kind of him how, like, he's the brass young cop kind of doing things where that's not by how he should be, where he takes out the guy holding the gun on the uh, police officer. Then bullet kind of yells at him for it, where you should just shoot him and all that. I don't know. I just kind of was maybe I was hoping or wanted it to be kind of more like the year one style, where you see him like coming back to Gotham for the first time, like his first day on the job on the Gotham City Police Force, instead of him already being established there. I don't know. For me, it just felt like I don't want to say rush, but it kind of threw you in there. I think too fast when I had the first scene with Gordon. Did you feel that way at all, or is it just me?
2: Yeah, I felt I felt the same way, but. I think they kind of had to do that because they had to like rush, rush through all that, to to get to the. Yeah. To to what they want to do, you know. It. I mean, it can't be. You know, Gordon's the new guy. I mean, he is kind of new.
1: Yeah, that's why I kind of thinking oh, they should have should just made it his first day or something like that.
2: But, I don't really think that could happen on his first day, and I think they just wanted to go past that. Instead of you know this is this is his first day this is his desk this is where yeah. he sits <laughs> you know sort of thing you know it's, let's just get all that out of the way and let's go right into the action.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Like I said, this is just a nitpick I had where I just felt we were just thrust in there in that moment a little bit too. So is quickly.
2: this the new is this the new Batman ears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his ears are too short. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to complain about no mustache, though, wear glasses, because, you know, that's coming down the line.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see Ben McKenzie with a mustache yeah. glasses.
1: It's going to be season two or three. Watch. <laughs> little by little.
2: It's just going to start a little peach fuzz. Yeah. And then it's going to grow thicker. And he's It's going to be like a scene where he's trimming his, his mustache. And then Barbara's going to come in and be like, that thing looks horrible on you or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> As much as it's the journey of um, Gordon and Bruce. Yeah, it's who, the you journey know, of
2: his mustache. <laughs> yeah,
1: <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs>
2: see, right there, right there, you can, be, you can be at the first day of his mustache. maybe yeah. He's already growing it. Who knows? You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> They're not going to have any scene where we shoot, where we see Gordon shaving at all. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But another thing I wanted to talk about, too, was how the actual city of Gotham was in this show since it is called Gotham, I think we should probably comment on what we think of this interpretation of it was. For me, I don't know. This is the most we've probably seen Gotham in the daytime, probably in anything, (laughs) maybe besides Dark Knight Rises, but I don't know. It didn't really feel like Gotham City to me. It felt different. I don't know if I could put my finger on it. It just didn't feel like the dirty Gotham or (laughs) that we're kind of used to in the comics and even some of the movies. It just didn't seem like Gotham to me, but and just because, again it's the first episode we'll probably get a better feel for it for once the uh, series continues on but what do you think of how Gotham was in this first episode
2: i I felt like it felt too small mm. it it was just a little too small I don't know if it's the way they filmed it that made it look small but yeah I, I felt it looks it looked small and then the scene at the docks, I, I know I keep on going back to that. That's oh,
0: a great scene. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, that's when it kind of opened up for me for some reason. I don't know why, but maybe it was because it wasn't the city. You know, it wasn't buildings and stuff. It was a dock with water. And then, you know, when Peng, Penguin comes back up out of the water, it's kind of like a an undeveloped area. Yeah. With the guy fishing. And he kills him by the way, which is really really creepy.
1: All for a sandwich.
2: <laughs> yeah, all for a sandwich. Um but yeah, for me Gotham felt small. Um uh, but this is this is the first episode and I mean how, how much can they show?
1: Yeah. And plus too, I got to remember also, this is a time period before Gotham really becomes the Gotham that we know about. Is mean, there's certain lines of dialogue where characters say, "Yeah, the city's going down, and like there's a war coming and all that." But yeah. I got to keep in mind that the Gotham we know about is not coming till later on <laughs> when Bruce is and This <laughs> is kind of the beginning of it. So,
2: yeah. And speaking of Gotham, did did you see the the uh, monorail or the train?
1: I don't think I picked up on that.
2: Yeah, it's in the opening shot of Gotham. Like it's like a flyover. Hmm. You can see the train go by. I'm just wondering if that's like a. A nod to the Nolan movies. Because yeah, I mean, that was a big part of the Nolan movies.
1: Yeah, you can't help but think about <laughs> that. train. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't notice it.
2: But maybe I'm just looking too far into this show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the killing joke, which turned out really bad for me. Yeah, so, <laughs> but there maybe also... I should just shut up.
1: <laughs> Don't want to dig yourself into a deeper hole. <laughs> where you'll be put in the trunk and someone will be forced to shoot you. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then just drop me in the water yeah. and fire a gun right next to my ear and deafen me in my ear.
1: Hey, Penguin played it off real good, though. There wasn't no delay. Right when the shot fired, he fell right into the
2: water. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, wait, what? What's going on here? Oh, I jump. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do any of that. Like, you didn't shoot me. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and bullet comes and fires his gun into the water. Yeah. To <laughs>
1: There's a much better penguin in the water sequence than what we got in Batman Returns <laughs> where penguins come and drag him in there.
2: That was creepy by the way. Yes
1: it was. He's got all that black stuff oozing out of him. <laughs> yeah, and his
2: face too.
1: Uh. And then when you see him actually sinking into the water. like.
2: Yeah yeah. Yeah that's what I mean like when he's sinking into the water you can see his face. And yeah. like,
1: <laughs> but there's the other thing that could be an easter egg. I mean they're not saying too much but the scene where Penguin and Fish Mooney were in her club, and there's that comedian there auditioning, and that's supposed to be one of the many possible Joker cameos that can get in the series, and I don't know, like, we, just, we talked about this before, how they gotta do Joker just right in order for it to work, and yeah. I, I would personally like to see where they don't use him at all, because I like it where for me anyway, him and Batman to be the same age, or close around there, so I would think he'd be a kid at this time, like Bruce is, but the mm-hmm. Rumors that's going around or, you see, I don't know if it's a rumor or if the producers have actually said this, but there's going to be something where they're going to throw a hint of a Joker in several episodes where it might be a different actor or a different character, but that could give you hints that this could be the Joker. And I think that could actually be a pretty fun thing throughout the course of this season anyway, kind of putting things together. Oh, is that the Joker? Or maybe that could be the Joker, because... As, going back to the killing joke again. <laughs> we know how he likes to Oh, God.
2: Damn. Don't bring it up. Just well, don't you, bring it up. You just
1: don't talk about it.
2: <laughs> okay, I won't. I won't.
1: Because you know how Joker likes to make up his different origin stories, So they that could be a pretty different way to kind of pay homage to that, where they're not going to say it's the Joker, but you can decide for yourself if this character in this episode will be the Joker, or then maybe two episodes later, there's another reference where, oh, maybe that could be the Joker later on. So I think it could be something fun and different to – have throughout the series is run, at least for the first season. I don't know if they can keep that up for however long the series will last, but oh, I, I kind of like that idea. It grew on me. As long as they never specifically say, okay, this character is definitely the Joker, and then later on, you'll know that he's this one. I think it would be best that they stay away from that and just kind of have it be this fun little thing going on.
2: Yeah, you see, I think if they do what you said, you know, just hint at it, maybe this is the Joker. I think it'll the The producers and the show creators and all those people are essentially shooting themselves in the foot because if, let's say they do that, at the end of the season, if it isn't the Joker and it's just a bad comedian,
0: mm.
2: people are going to be mad. You know, because when yeah. you, I mean, you thread people along for the whole season and it's not the Joker, then people are going to be pissed off. And like you said, if it is the Joker... And let's say he's in season two or something, right? Mm. They're going to have to nail it. Yeah. I mean, if you think <laughs> about any any iteration of the Joker, whether it's Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, uh, Mark Hamill, you, you have to nail it. You really, really do. And all three of those guys nailed it. So it's it's shooting themselves in the foot, or it's like a double-edged blade, you know? Exactly.
1: That's why they especially don't actually do them at all. Just yeah, just, these little Easter eggs or something.
2: Yeah. Don't don't even touch it. At, at least for now. Maybe, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a six season or something, you know.
1: Yeah. Just do, or even if, if they want to end the episode like a Batman Begins, and or end the series like Batman Begins, because they did say our goal is to have the series end where we see Batman in the cowl with Gordon on the rooftop. Just do what they did in Batman Begins, have the Joker card or something. (laughs) To me, I think that's as far as they should go with Joker. But another character I wanted to ask you about that we didn't really touch on was Alfred. How do you think Alfred was portrayed in this? Because this is a different Alfred than we've seen before in live action.
2: Well, I mean, he essentially has nothing to do in this episode. I mean, it's really hard to give any kind of opinion on him. But as for the actor himself and how he's written, I mean, it's textbook Alfred. Is is literally Alfred, uh, and the actor was good, um, but I do like how he has kind of an attitude to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was right.
1: actually yelling at Bruce for a little bit like that. I don't think we've ever seen that before. Never. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting to me, and uh, I'm sure as we go along in this season and maybe the next one, we're gonna see more of him, and I I, I just hope they just build on his character. And make him something different rather than, you know, the guy yeah. that brings brings Bruce a sandwich or something, you yeah.
1: know? I kind of got a year one vibe from him. Or not year one, two. Um, Earth one. Uh, Alfred from Jeff John, the story. That more hardened Alfred. The more, yeah. more veteran type. Kind of got that vibe. So you might see a more... Of course, you're going to see the loving father figure, Alfred. But you might see a more, like, harder Alfred <laughs> on Bruce, too. I think, like you said, it's going to be good because it's different. I got to yeah. say, one of my favorite moments, though, was... When uh, Alfred arrives on the murder scene after Gordon was talking to Bruce and then Bruce just, just hugs that. yeah, <laughs> <knucked> him. <laughs> That's the thing because we've hardly seen too much of the aftermath of the Wayne murders at yeah. the actual crime scene. It's usually at the police station or nothing at all. So I thought it was really cool that we got to see more of what happened at the actual crime scene with Bruce and Alfred. I think the only thing that could have made it better if Leslie Tompkins was there.
2: <laughs> yeah, and did you think it was odd that. <sighs> Uh, Gordon promised Bruce that he was going to find his parents' killer?
1: A little bit, yeah. That's kind of one of yeah. the things where I felt it didn't have the same impact as me as far as like what happened in Batman Begins. I don't know, just something about it just didn't maybe work quite as right as maybe they intended. But then later on in the episode, I do like that motivation that Gordon has to find the par- yeah. Bruce's parents' killer. And like that kind of weighs on him. And you know that it really did when he went back to tell Bruce, no, it was actually all a setup. So I do like how it played out at the end of the episode. I just, I don't know, maybe how it was the dialogue that was written just didn't work right, I guess. I don't know. There's something about it didn't work as good as it was intended to, in my opinion, anyway.
2: Yeah, but it kind of pays off because, you know, uh, Goran kind of relates, tries to relate to Bruce and tells him about... Uh, was it his father yeah 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 and, and tries to relate to him which i thought was was a nice touch yeah. and that that sort of you know builds their relationship or starts their relationship
1: yeah and, i'm sorry go ahead
2: yeah no i was just going to say that i i really like how how they're playing that relationship between gorn and bruce yep. you know it's not like <laughs> like we were scared of little bruce helping you know, Gordon solved the big case or whatever. It was it was more of a, I want to say like a mutual respect for each other. Mm, yeah, kind of like they were on the same level. It wasn't Gordon looking down on Bruce as a as an adult. You know, it was kind of, I mean, especially like that scene you mentioned. Um, you know, at at Wayne Manor where, uh, uh Gordon gives Bruce his badge. And then you know Bruce picks it up and re- gives it back to him. you know it's it's kind of like a mutual respect kind of thing, and in a sense, Gordon is kind of looking to Bruce for approval, yeah, which which is really, really nice,
1: yeah, it's just because it's just really cool knowing that <laughs> the relationship they're gonna have later on is Batman and the commissioner. That's what helps. Like it gives you those goosebump moments when you see stuff like that in this episode, where like, yeah, this is all building up to that. It just makes it really cool to watch, and pretty much what has me most excited for future episodes, seeing more stuff like that. And just going back to the point we're talking about, his uh, line to Bruce when at the crime scene, saying he's gonna promise it. I think a lot of this episode for me was that. There were certain things in the first half where it was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. We'll see. Or I don't know. I'm I'm too crazy how this is going to work. But then it does pay off by the time it's over. The second half of this episode was really great. I thought most of everything clicked as far as uh, wrapping up the story for this first episode. And glad that they didn't find out who the real killer is for the Wayne's. I mean, uh, maybe they'll go Joe Chill, but I'm kind of hoping they'll just leave it where it's just one of those. Things where it's unsolved, you never know who yeah, it is. Yeah. And going back to the murder sequence, that I was—I mean, I was curious to see how they're going to do it. Like you mentioned there, earlier, like there's not too many variations you can do on that murder scene. But I thought the way this this one's something more brutal, where the gunman got what he wanted, and then he still shot Thomas and Martha in cold blood right away, and then just him pointing the gun at Bruce, and then nothing scaring him off. He just puts it back and just walks casually away. That just had more of a disturbing effect on me than we've seen in previous uh, incarnations of that scene being done. <laughs> just that more, more brutal in a way because it's like a no big deal to him.
2: Yeah, to me, I don't think it gets more disturbing than Batman Begins. Uh, I just thought they did it perfectly in that one, where you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Thomas Wayne is on the ground and and Martha is screaming like her head off. And then all of a sudden he shoots he shoots her, and then screaming stops. I, I I just thought that was great, but they they did it really well in this one. Um, I don't know about the fake blood and the fake gunshot. <laughs> it was <just> really weird. <laughs> that was that was kind of. Uh, maybe they could have spent a, just a little bit more money on that. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one cutback they had to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, the one cutback, which is quite possibly the most crucial scene but um yeah i i thought they did it really well and like you said the guy with the gun the guy i'm not gonna say joe Chill yet yeah we don't know <laughs> oh please, um, please
1: don't make it the joker <laughs> no.
2: it's, it's uh what's his name jack uh napier napier yeah jack it's jack napier yeah. <laughs> um but like you said the guy with the gun and um uh i don't know if you saw on twitter but like uh the the kid who plays bruce he posted a picture that it, it it looks like a bat.
1: What looks like a bat like the
2: uh his uh the p- the Thomas pose? and Martha's bodies. Like, with hmm. Bruce right in the middle of it.
1: I'll have to check that out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, on that. I'm, sh- um, I'm
1: sure it is. <laughs> if he says so. I mean I'm sure it's
2: intentional. Yeah, well I mean, it's not me saying it's it's yeah, like him I said, saying it's it.
1: insane. It, it has to be intentional. And bad on us for not noticing it. But it's something we looked <laughs> at a bunch of times.
2: Yeah, I didn't even see it until I saw his Twitter post, which got retweeted.
1: So yeah, um, I guess to wrap it up, what would you probably have to grade it or give it a score? What would you give the pilot for Gotham?
2: I'm I'm gonna give it either a three and a half or a four um probably gonna go with the three and a half mm. maybe like three and three quarters <laughs> um it's a great show uh it's got me hooked like arrow has me hooked mm. <laughs> um but i'm just worried about a couple things which i've mentioned
1: yeah i'm pretty much gonna be right there with y'all I was gonna go to three and a half also i mean overall i thought uh, Good, definitely outweighed some of the complaints I've had and the Gordon and Bruce stuff more than made up for me from some of the negative stuff I've had on it but it, it did what it did as far as get it did what it's supposed to do as far as getting me excited for the series and I'm anxious to see the second episode which is going to be airing next Monday so it's, it's one of those things yeah. where yeah can't wait to see it and that's pretty much all you can ask for with a pilot and you just as long as you get some enjoy, enjoyment out of it and look forward to the next episode that's I guess a as good as you can expect for a pilot to be because it's very rare when a pilot is pretty much phenomenal and great right off the bat but um yeah
2: and um it's a good word though tim excitement because i feel excited for this show like i want it to be really good really good and i want you know the show to to succeed um and i'm just happy that we got a show called gotham you know
1: Exactly. I know Fox has that reputation as canceling shows, uh, good shows, like when they're just getting going, like the first or second season. So, hopefully, Gotham can avoid that curse that Fox has. But I heard well, the yeah the premiere of the came or debuted with some strong ratings, so that's good to hear.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if it does get canceled, knock on wood, um, maybe like Netflix or something can pick it up.
1: Yeah, you never know. It's a good before. thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's happened before, so. This has to I have don't know.
1: Fan, uh a bunch of fans behind it to show their support yeah. to get it going.
2: I'm just excited to see a show called Gotham. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't care about its flaws, really. Um, yeah, th- there there are flaws, there are nitpicks, but I'm just so excited for the show.
1: Yeah, like I said, this is like the first like big. Batman-centric or Batman-related TV show we've had since the '66 one. And it's just cool to have a Batman TV show on every week now, to go with a bunch of other cool superhero shows like Arrow and The Flash later on. So, yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for as a superhero DC Comics fan <laughs> for the TV realm right now?
2: For the production to give you $100? <laughs> you can ask for that.
1: I guess you could, yeah. There's always that. And like I've always said, if I wish they were all in the same TV universe, but... That's a rant I've made before. and Maybe I'll make again another day. But <laughs> um, but also, I took it out to Twitter. And that's another thing. We finally created the BatFans Twitter account. <laughs> After 66 episodes in our Facebook page, I felt it was time to get the Twitter, for us to get into the realm of Twitter besides our own personal account. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. and can I interrupt you, Tim? Yeah, go Alex, I know you're listening to this right now while you're running or whatever you're doing. Start a Twitter account, man, yeah. <laughs> and follow Tim and I, and follow Batfans, what is it?
1: At Batfans27. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At Batfans27. Um, follow us, man, because you're the only one. Oh, Jake doesn't have one, but Jake hasn't sent, it, sent him an email in a long time, so he doesn't count right now.
0: <laughs> so just, right now.
2: Just, just for right now. When he does, he does count, but um, come on, man, what's holding you back? Besides everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not the same without you, Alex, on there. We it's got not to have the you.
2: same, Alex. I'm pleading with you, man. Just creating pleading with you. Just
1: create the account. You don't even have to tweet. Just get on Twitter. Give us a follow. And then if you want, join in the discussions whenever you feel like it.
2: No problem. Yeah. And Corbin does it all the time. Too, much to my chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we love corbin and alex so alex please join twitter
1: you can be our 50th follower hopefully (laughs) right now we're sitting on 49. so yeah today i took to twitter kind of put the word out letting them know we're recording an episode and try to get more feedback on what other people thought on gotham and we got some responses and it's kind of mixed we're not everyone was as positive on the premiere episode as we were Uh, we got a tweet from dr potty J or G, I hope i pronounced pronouncing that right. But he says it was overcrowded, unnecessary, wrong direction. Some great and some poor acting. Then we got Jason Armstrong who said interested enough to keep watching. Good actors and scenery. Depends on the story now. And then we got a tweet from Luke Nestor who says best summed up in one word: man. <laughs> so not everyone's in love with it, but it was. I like kind of got that sense after I watched it where yeah. I know it's not going to be for every Batman fan out there because it is kind of different, but so there are some people who are on the fence with it. Some who are just like, yeah, it's okay. Like Luke here. And then we got some people who really didn't like it and probably aren't going to watch it more. But I think from at least what I gathered on Twitter um, and even on other social media, like Facebook, it was more positive than negative from what I saw. So I think in the, at the end, I think it's more It's more on the win side for Gotham, as far as Batman fans are concerned. I mean, of course, you're not gonna please everybody, but from what I saw, more people seem to like it than not like it.
2: But yeah, um, and um, Luke, was it Luke? Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, how could I forget? (laughs) It's um, it's the it's the name of our favorite uh, sci-fi hero. I mean, unless unless you like uh, (laughs) Jar Jar. (laughs) But um. He brings up a good point. It, it's all up to the story now. I mean, you got good actors, you got good, actors, well, you got that was good actually
1: characters. The Twitter user Jason Armstrong.
2: Oh, Jason Armstrong. Yeah. Sorry, Jason and Luke. Uh, but um, it's all it's it, it, it's all about the story now. I mean, they have to nail the story because you know they got the actors, they got the the characters. They just got to do a good story, and not 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 cheapen it, you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, they laid the foundation with this premiere episode. And you and me like it, so like that's a good point. It's all up to the future stories now. So it's all in their hands (laughs) now that they got us hooked. (laughs) But also, we got an email who uh, actually definitely probably helped with our responses was Andy from The Flash Podcast, who gave our question a retweet. So thank you for that, Andy. And also for sending in an email, for sending your thoughts. He says, hey, guys, hope you are both doing great. And I wanted to say thanks once again for letting me be on the podcast a few months ago. Had a blast. Now let's talk some Gotham. Because holy awesomeness on a stick. Batman, <laughs> was it great or what? I think they have created some fantastic, something fantastic here, as Gotham will give us a deeper look into these characters than we have before. It's so hard for me to pick just one favorite character. But aside from Bullock and Gordon, I think it's a tie for me between Oswald Cobblecott, Cobblepot and Fish Mooney.
2: Oh, Mort- Fish Mooney, really?
1: Yeah, she's gotten a lot of praise I've seen online, too. Oh,
2: well, good for uh, Jada Pickenspin. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like you said it's just the name I'm ready yeah to catch it's just the name
2: i mean she's a good character it's just that name man because i anyway.
1: say uh robin lord taylor is one of the great castings of the year and he makes me care about oswald in a completely new way i can't wait to follow his story about the whole series yeah definitely agree with you there andy <laughs> i was really hoping to get some more catwoman and riddler action in the pilot but there will be plenty of time for that david Mazows, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, <laughs> was, a, was a great Bruce. Is it weird that even though we have seen the death of his parents so many times, this one was more emotional than the other versions because Bruce actually screamed. This kid is a star. Yeah, that's another thing that sets it the apart, the big scream he gives out at the end.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like, when you were a kid, Tim, have you, have you ever... Screamed like that. I mean, like, no, when at you were the same kid,
1: time, I mean, yeah,
2: seeing your parents. Yeah, before, yeah. I mean, so. I get it, but it was just a little like, wow, <laughs> where did that come from? It's but,
1: definitely warranted, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's warranted. He goes on to say, I also really dig Montoya and Allen, especially Montoya because I really love that actress. I think they are nice obstacles to Gordon and Bullock. Overall, the pilot was great, and I didn't have any problems with it. I can't wait to hear your thoughts about it. Your fellow DC podcaster, Andy B. (laughs) Thanks for the email, Andy. And I think we're pretty much on the same page here. Besides, I think we've had a little more nitpicks than maybe you did. But overall, yeah, pretty much all the stuff you mentioned, we totally agree with, especially the Oswald Cobblepot thing like we were talking about earlier. Just the character we (laughs) probably were least expecting or looking forward to ended up being the best villain displayed on this first episode. And yeah, I'm calling it now. I don't know. I'd have to say it's going to be season one we're going to see him take out Fish Mooney. I don't think she's going to be around for season two. <laughs> Penguin's going to make his first big step into the criminal mob empire by taking her out in season one, in the finale.
2: Yeah, but I, I knew uh, Andy was going to like it because, I mean, he's all about those DC shows, man. Like Flash, Arrow, all the animated stuff. So I, I, I knew he was going like, <laughs> to like love this show, which is great. I'm glad he likes it because... I mean, if there is a, an aficionado on these these shows, it's probably Andy. Yeah, that's um, so.
1: what, yeah Andy loves all these shows, and that's what kind of gets me a little disappointed. Like, this would be so much better if all these shows were connected. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, in the end, all that matters is that we get good shows, but I just think it would be just a little better if these were all in one shared DC TV universe. And I could see this taking place in the Arrow universe, maybe at a, uh, years before, because I would like to think Batman and all of Bruce and Oliver were around the same age as crime fighters. So, but I didn't get the feeling that it was so different from arrow or probably what we're going to see in flat. So that's always going to be a nitpick of mine. I should probably let it go, but <laughs> it's going to be my own fault for maybe hindering me back a little bit for enjoying everything as much as I should, but it's just always going to be, there. I just don't know why DC would go all out. Like Marvel seems to do with their shared universe, but I got to get over it. Maybe one day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just let it go, Tim. <laughs>
1: I know it does no good, really.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be miserable if you keep on dwelling on that one thing.
1: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but thanks to everyone for responding to the tweets and Andy for sending the email. It's good to get some feedback on it. And like I said, even though it was mixed, it's still good to everyone voice their opinion on what they thought of Gotham. So, but in our opinion, Dane, to close it out, I think it's safe to say we thought the pilot was a success, and we can't wait for more.
2: Yeah, um, and we'll. First of all, I should say thank you to Andy and everybody on Twitter. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a good show. It's got me excited. Like I said, it's it's about the excitement. you know. And I'm essentially just glad we have a show called Gotham. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if it's not going to be just called Batman, Gotham will probably be the next best thing. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or Fish Mooney.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Fish Mooney Chronicles. <laughs> That's going to be the spin-off.
2: No, it's gonna be the uh the um internet um what do they call those things? Internet episodes or Oh okay. yeah. yeah.
1: Like uh like prologue episodes or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. What she did before she was in Gotham. Uh,
1: yeah, it's gonna be we're getting the prequel to Batman, but then we're gonna get the prequel to Gotham where we'll see the origins of Fish Mooney. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one thing that'll probably make me even more excited than a live action Batman TV show is animated Batman stuff produced by Bruce Tim <laughs> and we just got some cool news um, a few weeks ago. Actually, I think it was on September 17th where it was announced that we know there's going to be uh, the next slate of DC animated movies is going to be Bruce Tim's produced Justice League Gods and Monsters. But what's cool is that Warner Brothers just announced they're kind of teaming up with uh, the online distribution called, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, uh, Macima or Machinima. <laughs> I'm really bad with names on this episode. That's what I get for taking over as host for this one.
2: <laughs> Machinima, Tim. Okay, there you go.
1: <laughs> I've never really watched anything on there, but I'm definitely going to be watching it now once <laughs> this Justice League, Gods and Monsters Chronicles, which is going to be three uh, miniseries. Like, I don't know how long they're going to be. I think they said they're kind of going to be shorter than a normal animated series would be, but there's going to be three episodes, and it's going to tie into the Gods and Monsters movie coming out next year. It is something different that DC is doing, but at the same time, I mean, more stuff to tie into these animated movies is great in my book, So especially one that's marking uh, Bruce Tim's return as a producer. So I'm excited for it. It's supposed to center on the, uh, it's supposed to be one of those like parallel universe things where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they're like, it's them as being much darker versions than what we know. Kind of like the whole Justice Lords things again, but hopefully, I got confidence in that. Bruce Timm won't make it too much the same as what we saw before in Justice League or in the animated movie uh, uh, Crisis on Tours. See, see, now I'm blanking on the name. I don't think that's what it's called, but (laughs) I don't know. But it was was one of those ones. But anyway, I'm excited that there's this tie-in that's going in towards uh, Gods and Monsters, DVDs, and if it's successful, it'd be something cool for them to do for all their DC animated movies. I don't know if they want to have the budget to keep doing that for every single one, but it would be a nice tie in. And I hear it's supposed to be more, not like an animated show you would see on TV, to kind of be more in the movie realm where it could probably be a little more violent or more darker than stuff that we're used to seeing on a regular animated TV series. So I don't know about you, Dane, but I'm excited for it. It's supposed to premiere in like the spring of 2015, but it's just going to help get build hype for the new uh, Gods and Monsters. Animated movie coming out, and like I said, I just hope it's something that DC will continue if it is
2: successful. And you, you're just like the ultimate Bruce Tim fanboy, aren't you?
1: I will, I will not deny it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, who would have thunk
2: name? it, Tim? <laughs> who would have thunk it?
1: Anything with the Bruce Tim name attached to it, yeah, I'm gonna gush all over it probably.
2: <laughs> so, so what if it's uh, Bruce Tim doing um, My Little Pony? <laughs> Are I you gonna will watch see it? that
1: episode? yeah <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: Oh, man. Yes, you are a fanboy of Bruce Tim. But hey, that's good. That's cool, man.
1: But you didn't answer the question. Are you going to watch it? Are you excited for it?
2: Uh, I'm going to wait for your review of yeah. it, Tim. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's kind of what it's come to with the DC animated movies for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I mean, especially the movies, because they're so, exp- I mean, they're only $20 but or so. Hey, $20 every, or so.
1: Every penny counts. <laughs>
2: But I don't know. I, I I just don't feel like spending money on the the, the animated movies. I don't know why.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, I, I did with uh, uh year one and Under the Red Hood and uh that Batman Superman one. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what it's called. Uh, Apocalypse um, or
1: Public Enemies. There's two of
2: them. Uh, both of them. Okay. Um, yeah, and I oh how can I forget the, the Dark Knight Returns um, but I don't know I guess I'm just at that point where it's like if it's not like stellar if it's not stellar I might just pass on it
1: that's understandable yeah Yeah. <laughs> I mean like I said every penny counted, you can't just be buying everything that they release unless you're just a fanboy like me and <laughs> regardless if you like it or not you gotta have everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I did look it up that it was Justice League Crisis on tours. I don't know why I blinked on that name. It's one I haven't seen in a while. Maybe that's why.
2: But yeah, no, you could, because you've seen like literally every animated movie. Yeah,
1: twice too. So. Twice. I got to see that one again. I, I so, liked it. but anyway, that's not going to be for a while, unfortunately. <laughs> but this another oh, thing to
2: Oh, by to. the way, before we get to the, I don't mean to cut you off then, but before we get to the listener feedback and stuff, um, I saw Godzilla. Oh. I rented thing? it. Uh, it was good. I bought it. Yeah.
1: I just got it last week too. I haven't watched it yet though. I saw it in the theater that I liked it, but I it's pretty good.
2: It. I mean, I, I, I think they underused Brian Cranston. He dies pretty quick, but spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry guys. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but yeah, he dies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, especially when Godzilla fights, um, those fly things.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. If anything, I thought Godzilla was a little underused. <laughs> I thought yeah,
2: they yeah, held he on looked... a little bit too long for having
1: have the big fights and reveal for him. I thought
2: He's only in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah.
1: That's why I only nitpick him. But I think it should be safe to say that for the sequel, they don't have to worry about that since he is revealed, he's introduced, and it should just be yeah. a good old monster slugfest, hopefully.
2: So, so how are they going to do the sequel, though? I mean, is, is he just going to come back or something?
1: Yeah, he's just going to wait. Oh, you're talking know. about uh, Godzilla. Godzilla, <laughs> Godzilla. Director, Godzilla. His no, no, no. movie is Star Wars. And...
2: Yeah, yeah, episode <laughs> 8. But it, Actually, is it's... Godzilla just going to come back?
1: Yeah, we'll find out. There'll probably be more monsters. They like, already said it's supposed to be Rodan and the three-headed monster, Ghidorah. So those are like the ones fans have been wanting to see. So it's probably going to be something where kind of, it's kind of hard to do a story. that's going to be so different from this because how much different are it going to be where monsters come to the Earth and Godzilla has to defend it. I mean, you really can't deviate too far from that formula. So I'm not expecting something totally different story-wise. But at the same time, when you're watching a Godzilla movie, it's kind of, for me anyway, I just want to see Godzilla fight the monster. So as long as we keep seeing more scenes like that, I'll be fine with it. And like I said, those two monsters, Rodan and Ghidorah, are like as big as you can get for Godzilla ones. (laughs) I think actually they said Mothra might be in it too. So maybe it's going to be a team-up two-on-two two or three-on-one since like a is a three-headed monster <laughs> so, yeah. then we'll have to team up so who knows i just want to see some more cool action like we got in the first one that's long that lasts longer
2: <laughs> yeah and spoiler alert but um do you think it was really a good idea to explode a nuclear weapon in the ocean <laughs> uh every... just to draw them away <laughs>
1: Maybe they ran into Batman bringing down the nuclear bomb in the ocean there. You dump yours first. No,
2: you go ahead with yours. Uh, But anyway.
1: Now we can move on to our listener feedback slash conversation with Alex.
2: All right. I I will read this, Tim. It's my responsibility. Can you handle it? I hope so. Okay. Otherwise, I'll just get mad. (laughs) Because of the killing joke. Dang it. (laughs) Um, but first off like we always do we start off with alex uh but uh, but (laughs) alex says hey bat fans it's free world if you can justify it good on you good on you so the joker's evil actions are unsympathetic for you again starting with the killing joke stuff alex going on man
1: (laughs) i think this is it they're trying to defend you on this one i think though yeah
2: yeah i know (laughs) i know i'm just giving alex some crap Uh, but he says uh but it's good for other people to have that opinion don't worry dane i believe you're perfectly sane you know i find it pretty interesting that when you accidentally cut the vein on your leg tim fell down the, the stairs and hurt his leg tim you're, you're a really nice guy, but I've heard these cases before many times, and I, know, I knew what was up as soon as I, I heard the old phone excuse. <laughs> what, what was it? Wait, what? Oh, what was it, Dane? Some kind of sick voodoo thing? Or <laughs> or did you trip Tim and cut yourself for some kind of trophy? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did, Alex. He um, says, oh, I know. I know what it was. Because you cut your leg, you felt like it you felt like it was justified you what are you saying, Alex? Oh, you felt it was justified you hurting another? Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Some kind of twisted tribute to your hero the Joker? Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Nice Why point. don't you just twist that knife, Alex? Just a little <laughs> bit more. Uh <laughs> if you can, Tim, hobble away as quick as you can. I'm just kidding around, Dame. I knew what you meant and it was just joking in my last email. I was lis- I was listening to the podcast while I ran and I had to keep biting my lip to prevent myself from busting out from laughter. <laughs> I hope the hurricane didn't cause you any more trouble. As for you, Tim, try to find some old guy in a pit and ask him to punch everything into place. If the dark net rises, is to be believed, and it is, that should work for you.
1: I should have thought of that right from the get go instead of waiting for it to heal. I just had some yeah. punch and snap my twist my leg off,
2: <laughs> and then hallucinate Rache. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or would it be Qui Gon? I don't know.
2: Probably Qui Gon, yeah. I think. But uh, Alex says that The episode was fantastic, and the most emotional moments topic is one of my favorites. With Dane bringing up how Mr. Freeze transitioning so quick to a bad guy, I think it just goes to show how good of a story the killing joke is. The The whole story about how a person can't be considered good or evil until they face a trial that tests his or her morality. By that logic, Mr. Freeze couldn't be considered a good person until he confronted such a tragedy in Heart of Ice anyways the saddest moments that's a good point Alex
0: yeah <laughs> that's a really
2: really, really good point um, but he says anyways the saddest moments animated wise for me were the I didn't count on being happy grave scene yep. and when Bruce re- reads the for, forget about me letter from Andrea or is it Andrea it's Andrea that's,
1: that's oh. how Bruce it, so that's how I'll say it.
2: <laughs> okay. Andrea, sorry, in the mask of the phantasm, and Batman sitting with Ace from uh, from Epilogue. From the movies, it's two scenes from Batman Begins, the first being when Batman is poisoned by the Scarecrow, and he's blurting out, Alfred, help me, blood, take, take poison, blood, poison, poisonous, poisonous. The look on Alfred's face in that scene is so sad because he's watching Bruce suffer and he knows this is going to continue happening as long as Batman continues his crusade. The second scene is when Bruce tells Rachel I am more when he sees how ashamed she is of him acting as a playboy.
1: That's a good one with Bruce in the back of the car being poisoned yeah. at Scarecrow's fear, yeah. That one didn't pop into mind when we were thinking about it, but yeah. When you see that, when you, yeah, the look on Alfred Frey says it all right there. Like, how, oh, Bruce, what are you doing to yourself? So good call on that one, Alex.
2: But he goes on to say, I'm a massive Metal Gear Solid fan. And just to let you know, Dane, the main game will be over 200 times the size of Ground Zero.
1: That's the title, Ground Zero. we're thinking of, what is it? like? Yeah. Just Ground Zeros or Zero something? But yeah. Zeros in the plural.
2: Well, I'm glad because, I mean, that prologue thing was kind of a ripoff. <laughs> but, uh, just a
1: prologue, though.
2: So. What? Yeah. But he says, uh, at first I thought it was an exaggeration, but the developers released a map of Metal Gear Solid V, and it showed that Ground Zeroes is just a speck on the map. It's so. Ma- I'm guessing that the prologue was just a way to help fund the game since it's so massive. Yeah, but wasn't the game made by Konami? Yeah. Aren't they a big gaming company?
1: Yeah, they are, but I'm sure they want it to be as or get as much money as they can from it, so why not release a game to help support it? Uh,
2: but he says, yeah, since it's so massive, Tim is right about the story of being so convoluted. You have to start from the beginning of the series to understand a lot of what's going on. Since Ground Zeroes, my PS4 has not been touched. <laughs> and it won't be used until uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 or Arkham Knight is released. Learn from my mistake, Tim. And don't buy a PS4 yet.
1: <laughs> so far, Shit. so good on I end. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he has some questions. His first question is, what do you think is the most heroic scene in a superhero movie? For me, it's the end of the Dark Knight where Batman takes the blame for Two-Face's crimes. It just beats out the train scene in Spider-Man 2 where Peter ne- nearly rips himself apart to stop the train. So, Tim, what do you think? Hmm.
1: Heroic. See right off the back, I wanted to think about the whole interrogation scene where Batman just beats and pounds the Joker for information on where's Rachel and Harvey. But I don't know how that is heroic. That's a little more desperate. It's scene, but that scene's so awesome, I just want to pick it. <laughs> but hmm, most heroic, the ones he said was a good one, uh, the end of the Dark Knight. I mean, I didn't expect that to happen at the end of the movie, and I even thought to myself, would Batman even do that? But in the at the end of the day, it does show how much of a hero he is to do that for the city he was trying to protect. So that's definitely a good one. I just got to think of anything that tops that.
2: There is nothing that tops that, Tim.
1: Spider-Man 2, that's a good scene, Spider doing what he can to save all those people on the subway. But yeah, I don't think it's up there with the Dark Knight. And I, I guess another comparison you can make would be Dark Knight, right? Is saving, sacrificing himself supposedly for a little bit to save Gotham from the bomb. I mean, And At the end, he didn't sacrifice himself, but for a little bit, we all thought that, (laughs) and Goslin definitely thinks that, so, I don't know, I just don't, I don't want to just be like I'm copying Alex, but that Dark Knight moment is pretty great. Well, I'm
2: going to copy Alex (laughs) and say that. It's
1: it's, such a cop-out, though. (laughs) Yeah, no,
2: it's kind of a cop-out, and Alex actually thought about this, so, (sighs) sorry to let you down, Alex, but. I'm probably gonna agree with you I'm and about, say the the, the last Green scene Mantron
1: where he defeats Parallax, it takes them out from the city and throws them into the sun. That's pretty I heroic, right?
2: I guess, right? Good. <laughs> yeah. But you are watching. I'll uh, I'll give another honorable
1: mention too, a reference for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy for spoilers for those that haven't seen it. But what Groot does at the end, protecting his friends. That was a pretty cool moment too. So I'll throw that one in there.
2: Oh, is that why everybody likes him? But like I see so many of. So many people on Twitter talking about Groot.
1: Yeah. Well, I see a lot of people talking about all the characters from Guardians. All the characters are still good.
2: Yeah. Um, so, his second question is what is the most evil thing a villain has done in a comic book?
1: Mm, see, by the way, when you think evil, you think the Joker. <laughs> hey, let's go back to the killing joke. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think we're going to be talking about the killing joke on this podcast anymore. <laughs>
1: But then I go into the Spider-Man realm, too. There was some pretty evil stuff done to him. I mean, what Green Goblin, Norman Osborn did was killing Gwen Stacy for, uh, uh, pretty much right in front of Peter, even though he didn't know it yet. And then this was just stupid. But what they did, like a continuing story later on, where it found out that Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy had like a, an affair type thing, and like he got her pregnant or something like that. Just like to... Uh, put more salt on the wound for Spider-Man, which <laughs> I mean doesn't get more twisted and evil than that. Even though I don't like that aspect, but the actual first death of Gwen Stacy thing in the comics is pretty evil. With what's <laughs> just one of the many more tragic things that happened to Spider-Man, and then how can you not mention the Wayne murders, like we were talking about? I mean, doesn't get much more evil than that, where just a common criminal takes out a little boy's parent right in front of his eyes. So that's pretty evil, right there. It can only get more evil if he takes out. Uh, Bruce too so that might just be the biggest uh, most evil thing done in comics I would say it had the biggest effect that's for sure
2: hmm I'm trying to think Tim I don't want to pick anything from the Joker
1: yeah it's too easy
2: yeah it's just too easy and you know we kind of copped out of that first question <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna step away from the superhero comics and I'm gonna talk about The Walking Dead the comic book now spoiler alert if you have not read uh I think it's the trade up to the third the third trade you do not want to listen to this part but um so they're at the prison all the survivors are at the prison and the governor comes and he comes with a tank and tries to take over the prison and so all all the survivors escape and as Rick's wife is crossing This open field, uh, she gets torn in half by a a shotgun blast. Not only that, but she was carrying their baby. (laughs) So that's the most evil thing. And the baby dies, so obviously. (laughs) So that's the most evil thing I've seen done in a comic book uh so thank you alex for leaving us on such a down i know <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't be your first question Alex. no our no, play. we love you man and please join twitter man what's what's, what's going on
1: join in on the fun
2: <laughs> yeah join in on the fun it, if, if you tweet at me or tim we'll, we'll respond back we will right Tim?
1: no uh, doubts about it right there no if ands or buts <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll respond and you're guaranteed so, three followers already me dang yeah. In the Bad Fans podcast, Twitter account now.
2: <laughs> so yeah, th- please join, please join Twitter, Alex. And thank you for sending in an email. You know we love you, man. Just remember, if there's nobody else that loves you in life, it's Tim and I. Love you. Right, Tim. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you always gotta ask for my approval. Yeah, you. <laughs> yes, you're right. So,
2: am, am I doing this right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Corbin also sent sent us an email uh, it's a very long one thank you thanks for that Corbin but typical
1: Corbin fashion
2: yeah it's typical <laughs> Corbin fashion so so we'll read his email and then we can um, or do, do you want to read his email Tim sure I'll, okay go I ahead it.
1: <laughs> he says Yes, you have my permission to use my groomsman picture for the podcast. (laughs) So we got that uh, sorted out and we'll expect it on our next cover art for this one.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Corbin. And all your
1: groomsmen. So for those wondering what it is, you got the answer right there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Dan, you ready for some more killing joke uh,
2: clearing up? Oh, (laughs) God, Just don't, just skip that whole paragraph.
1: No, I gotta read it. (laughs) Okay. Just to clear things up, when I said you in talking about the killing joke, I wasn't talking about you, Dane. I was using you in a more general term, as in the reader. I did feel sympathy for the Joker in that moment. I felt bad for what happened to him. However, that didn't make his current actions excusable. In fact, they were more horrific, in my mind, seeing how the Joker could have been a decent human being and fall so far to the animal he has become. In short, I didn't feel that you were saying that the Joker is an okay guy. So, they're kind of Green moves we'll like you said there Dane. So. Okay. Now you start that we that have
2: about yourself. Now that we have that straightened out. Yes. We can move on. You can move on with your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have said a
1: joke. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes on to say emotional Batman moments for me were the end of Zero Year, most of the moments with Alfred in the Nolan movies. And I can't believe he didn't mention this several moments in the Mask of the Phantasm. Especially the moment he has at his parents' grave when he no longer wants to be Batman, a later when Andrea leaves him. He grieves for a brief moment as he knows he is losing his life away and accepts the role of Batman. Now, I know we briefly touched on Mask of the Phantasm when given that, but there are just so many great ones. <laughs> like I said on that episode, we could have touched them all. And I wanted to go over some more different aspects too, but there's no arguments for me of how many mo- emotional moments there were in Mask of the Phantasm. And probably some of the best. I mean, that graveyard scene. I think I did mention that too. I mean, there's almost no topping that. <laughs> it's high up there. But he goes on to say, I read, a few Arkham Asylum, I read Arkham Asylum a few months ago. I didn't like McKean's artwork. It fit the mood of the story, but I felt as though he didn't tell the story very well. I got the anniversary edition, so it had Morrison's script in the back, which I actually enjoyed reading a lot more. So if I had to pick a different artist for any comic, it'd be this one. And I would like to see J.H. Williams take on that story. What do you think about that, Dan? <laughs> James. I don't know. Doing that?
2: I don't know. It's, it's kind of like those, um, sour kids, sour patch kids, That's um, <laughs> commercials, or uh, like commercials. we like, they'll do something evil and then be sweet about it after. <laughs> so first off, he said, he didn't like Mckean's artwork. It's not for everybody. It's really disturbing though. Uh I, I just happen to like it. Um, but he makes it he makes it up. he makes up for it. That, that's the, the series of awards that I'm trying to put together in my mind right now. <laughs> um, he makes up for it with the J.H. Williams comment. <laughs> so I know
1: you're never going to say anything
2: bad about J.H. Williams. <laughs> he's one of the best artists that used to be on Batman. <laughs> I was going to say that was currently on Batman, but he's not on Batman anymore.
1: Yeah, and then mm-hmm. last episode we were asking or we wondering what Trevor McCarthy's doing. And thank goodness for Corbin for keeping up to date <laughs> with all the different artists. How does
2: he know all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, how how does he find this stuff out?
1: He's the comic artist guru. <laughs> That's going to be his new title.
2: I guess so. I guess so, Corbin.
1: He says he's doing a new Clarion series with Anne Ascenti. and When I saw that, I was like, poor Trevor
2: McCarthy. <laughs> that should be awful. <laughs> I forgot
1: about that. I remember reading that. Like, uh, they're wasting his talents on A lame character and then a writer who in our opinion hasn't written anything good (laughs) no no, it's
2: not just in our opinion it's in everybody's opinion (laughs) except dc's i guess (laughs) yeah except for dc's and dc uh dc editors yeah
1: But he goes on to say, he answers our question, Dane. We were, he said, you guys were correct. Sierra is my wife. We've oh, okay, married. cool. We've been married for two and a half years, but she's not a Pokemon fan like we are Batman fans. She loves the game, and that's as involved as she gets. I bought her the most recent game earlier this year, and she finished it in a week or two. For current games, Destiny is so freaking awesome. My brother-in-law has the game, and I played it there. But now I need it. But I need to get Wi-Fi first. Yeah. Have you opened yours up, Dane? <laughs> I know you said you got it, but
2: I have start. No, I, ha- I haven't play- <laughs> played yet. Um, it looks interesting. I'll say that, but...
1: I heard its I mean, Corbin's not the first one I've heard to say that's awesome. A lot of people on Twitter keep raving about it, so... Uh,
2: I guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, and again, it's not one of those games that is making me want to get a next-gen console just yet. It's, it's, I'm sure it is fun. I probably will get it once I get it. Yeah, system. yeah it'll probably be cheaper too so
2: <laughs> yeah so so i mean we blew that whole pokemon thing with uh corbin's wife sierra totally out of proportion because yeah, we... We, we thought she was like a diehard wearing the shirts the underwear the pants the shoes the socks kind of Kinda, we went on to uh, a Pokemon big old
1: discussion fan. about Pokemon too, based on that.
2: Yeah, I know. That was like an hour of Pokemon talk.
1: I think we showed we were more bigger fans than uh, she was.
2: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. She's only interested in games. But uh, um, as for Destiny, I plan on dusting off that old PS4 and uh, get getting to it.
1: And when Corbin gets Wi-Fi, you can play with him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll play with him.
1: Then he says, just for clarification, type 2 diabetes can be treated with shots, but type 1 can only be treated this way. Didn't want to confuse you. Then he finishes off with Darth Vader versus Darth Maul. I know this is the first one that is all Star Wars, but I'm generally curious about this matchup. In the movies, Maul was much a better fighter, but Vader had a stronger connection to the Force. Am I right on this? Or was it a product of the prequels having more technology, a higher budget, and better choreography at their disposal? This this is a good one, because Maul can definitely put up a fight with Vader but see i think anakin skywalker is definitely probably the better fighter than maul but as vader maul probably has the edge just in the fighting the uh, category but yeah darth vader and still when it comes to the force and probably more experienced too i just got to give vader the edge it's still there it's it's going to be close but yeah i think vader will pull out in the end plus he's a chosen one too <laughs> and he's been the champion for the light side and the dark side so there's just something about Vader and Anakin that, I don't know, even as good as Darth Maul is in Phantom Medicine and the Clone Wars, uh, Darth Vader would come out on top in the end. But man, Corbin, you finally got one where it's just made it more hard for me instead of just say, Oh, easily Darth Vader. <laughs> I actually had to think about this one for a little bit, especially, I don't know if you've seen the Clone Wars episodes, but they definitely show a lot more to Maul. That makes you appreciate the character more. It's not even fight wise, but just, uh, smarts really where it just shows how well organized and how well thought out he can be as a leader in his plans that he had and but when it comes to the force yeah i think it's really hard to top darth vader and anakin in that fight so it was a close one kind of like the Magneto darth vader matchup <laughs> Corbin, <laughs> but still darth vader is undefeated
2: yeah and, um speaking of star wars i was thinking about star wars in episode seven uh after listening to the waffles there Hundred. 100th episode which you were on by the way which is really cool that you got to yeah that was fun <laughs> you got to be on there and talk about Bad fans but and i was thinking anakin was what wasn't supposed to make the good guys win right well they thought
1: it, they, they you was, read yeah. The,
2: yeah if you read the prophecy he wasn't supposed to make the good guys win he was supposed to re- rebalance the force right so, with that said, he defeats the Sith in episode six Return of the jedi right mm-hmm. now we're going we're going into episode seven. I don't think Luke starts a Jedi Academy or Jedi school
1: that's a rumor going on We might not see very many jedi in episode yeah because that's, that's then the
2: force then the force would be unbalanced again
1: mm. <laughs> But then, with whatever this new threat's going to be, it's, it might be the call for where there are going to be need for more Jedi again, too. So that's why really it's just have the fun and expecting episode seven, what actually the story's going to be and what's going to be the cause for this new villain rising up and for the heroes to take action again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's going to be Civil War. It, it, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, look, I, I know in Return of the Jedi, the special editions, they. They showed a bunch of people, you know, cheering, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it happened on Coruscant, right? Coruscant, Naboo,
1: Tatooine, and Bespin.
2: Yeah. So, and there's a crowd surfing uh, stormtrooper. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking a galaxy now. We're not talking about a couple of planets here and there. We're talking about galaxy. So... I don't think necessarily every single planet, every single every single civilization in the galaxy thought that the empire was bad.
1: Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they're they're so, going to have their supporters, and we know the empire is going to play a factor in Episode Seven.
2: So I think the roles are going to be switched. Now, the the rebels in the first three movies, or the I should say, four, five, and six. Are going to be the people in charge, while these people that did it, that like the empire, are going to be the rebels.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that playing out too. Yeah. See. And I've actually heard too that might be like factions of the empire, where some where they're at war with each other in some way too.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. But yeah. I don't know. I I just want to see that movie already. Please. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs>
1: We're almost at the one-year mark. We're almost in December for the 2014.
2: we <laughs> like got two months, Tim.
1: <laughs> hey, we're Three getting, months.
2: We're getting closer and closer. I guess so.
1: <laughs> but that's going to do it for listener feedback slash conversation, Alex. Thank you guys, as always, for sending the emails. And anyone else who wants to chime in, you can email us at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com.
2: You're forgetting one thing, Tim. What did I forget? Uh before Corbin yells at us again. Tweets from Corbin. Tweets from Corbin. <laughs> you almost forgot about it.
1: I did forget uh, about it. You just saved it. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, Corbin. Just remember that was Tim that time. That's right? on me. Yeah. Uh, but his first tweet is the greatest tweet in the world. He says, Tweet at me if you follow me because of the Bat Fans Twenty Seven podcast. I have a <laughs> i have a few followers who I have no clue. Who you are, and I'm curious.
1: So, I'm glad we're able to help you build your followers up, Corbin. Yeah. We are indeed having an effect on that. <laughs> I don't know, but.
2: His next tweet is I really like how the new Jaguar commercial has comic book villains Loki, Mandarin, Sinestro, villains who drive in style.
1: That was, that was actually the last year's Super Bowl commercial, wasn't it? If I remember right. Was it? Yeah, and I, th- I don't think it's that new, Corbin. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but he says, uh, This is the story of the ugly barnacle. He was so ugly that everyone died at the end. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think that's funny. I don't know why. I read that tweet and I couldn't stop laughing. (laughs) Hopefully Um, hopefully
1: we got other chuckles.
2: Yeah. And finally, his last tweet is, My mom's allergies are bad this morning. So, Ciara, does your mom sound like Batman? Mom, come to the dark side. Me, Mom... That's Star Wars. <laughs> See, that's, a, that's the perfect tweet. That is for yeah. our show. It covered
1: that's so, both the best of both worlds: Star Wars yeah. and Batman. <laughs>
2: well, thank you for those tweets, Corey Yes. What a great way
1: to end the listener feedback section on that. <laughs> yeah. But that will take us into our comic book review section, and we have to make up for last week's or our last episode where we didn't review any of them <laughs> because of my supposedly broken leg where I supposedly tripped on my phone or because of my phone or whether Dane had a sinister <laughs> plan and broke my leg. The truth <laughs> will never be revealed. Off. Yeah. <laughs> It'll forever be a mystery, but we're going to be recovering the weeks of three weeks ago, September 10th, where there was Batman futures end number one. Then we got uh, the Batman eternal recaps from issues 22 to 25. We're going to be doing four issues of that since the last episode, we missed it. Then I'm going to be giving my review of the fourth arc from Batman Beyond 2.0, which is really cool. So, before we get into it, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> We're going to be talking about everything in these issues. So, if you haven't read them yet, you might want to stop it here and come back after you read them to hear our thoughts. But, before we start, we've got to give our rating scale. And that is going to be... What is it, Dane?
2: <laughs> oh, what one. I was going to say, oh, wow, Tim. You're, you're really fast on the... On the thinking uh, <laughs> not quite uh how about uh commissioner gordon i mean not commissioner jim gordon's apartment or uh fancy. different
1: fancy jim gordon apartments that we don't know how you yeah. can afford <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's a rating scale all
1: right fancy jim gordon apartments that we don't know how we can afford <laughs> So, to kick off this comic review section, I'm going to go with Batman Future's End number one. And I'm just going to say it right off the bat. This has been the most disappointing months of DC's <laughs> New 52 like anniversary celebrations. We had the zero, year, zero Issues. Then we had the Villains Month and Future's End. And I'm kind of glad I haven't bought too many of them because I've only gotten two, Batman and then Batman and Robin. And I've been disappointed with both of them, <laughs> really. I just just the whole idea i don't like seeing what's going to happen five years down the line and you can say who knows if we'll ever get to that point in their current continuity i mean they could reboot the whole universe by the time they make it five years from the current story so who knows but i just don't like the idea of certain things knowing certain things that are playing out now that aren't really going to matter later on in a way so uh, this isn't working for me and batman the batman futures end issue i didn't really care for it too much the basic story of it is you see bruce like kind of just figuring out you see him in a tank and he's like operating on himself in some way but he's getting these error messages on his computer and now Alf- him and alfred trying to figure out why and alfred's like why are you, are you doing this you have to like rely on your family like you become a father to them like and his back is broken you see this big like robotic spine on him i don't know what it has to do with bane but <laughs> something else happened to him he just said, you got to learn to lean on them more But, of course, Batman wants to do it all himself. Then he gets this pretty cool new suit, which I like. It's just kind of pretty much really like all built in armor (laughs) in a way, but not too futuristic, but it still has that classic Batman feel to it also. So you see him breaking into the LexCorp. And the one thing I did like about this issue and what I'm liking in the New 52, like what we see in Justice League, is that uh, the banter that Luthor and Batman have. (laughs) So, So this is one of those things where Luthor and Batman... You kind of get the point they're enemies here. So you just kind of know, okay, so Luthor isn't going to be in Justice League too long. That's going to fizzle out. You don't know how long, but it just kind of takes away from the fun for it a little bit. Wondering if, will Luthor actually be a member for the Justice League for a while? But it turns out in this continuity, it's not. So that's one of my case in points, so to say, where it's a negative on this whole future and storyline stuff. So Luthor has all these, like, securities and traps to prevent anyone from breaking in. And I just like how he's saying, oh... If you made it this far, you must be Batman, so (laughs) I congratulate you on that. Here's more trouble for you to try to pass through. So Bruce comes to these chambers, and he sees that there's a Bizarro still left in this tank, and he's all, oh, Luthor's still trying to clone Superman. So he has to deal with that, of course, they cause a big explosion into Luthor's cloning facility, but Batman's able to get out. And then the whole point of this was he was trying to get Luthor's cloning technology, so... Bruce can clone himself and have always have a Batman out in the world.
2: Which, what?
1: I'm sorry, it, that just doesn't work for me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh He's, man, that's. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't mind I Bruce mean,
1: trying to do things like to ensure himself, to keep himself alive for him, like in Batman Beyond, creating a new suit. And he didn't even go as far as a Lazarus pit there. I'd be okay with that. But to go yeah. as far as to clone yourself, I just don't think Batman would go that route. He would have some, rather have someone else take on the mantle than do that. And even Alfred says in here, I still object to this cloning yourself. But then Bruce is all, it's noted, Alfred, Gotham must always have a Batman, no matter what happens to me. So it's like, nah, I don't like that <laughs> aspect of Bruce. That's so almost like the Frankenstein issue route that <laughs> oh, I got man. with Damien. So.
2: Let's not go back there. I mean, I, I'm not a writer... I'm not a writer at all, but <sighs> that's just stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, but...
1: So yeah, yeah, I'm just going to give this one two out of five Jim Goring apartments that we don't know how he can afford. Yeah, this, this one was disappointing right when I read this. Like, uh, I think I'm going to keep away from most of the future Ends titles. Yeah. So. <laughs> But I didn't stop with that one. I have heard good things about the Batman and Robin issue, so I picked that one up, and I actually just read it before we started recording. And this one wasn't much better, actually, because <laughs> now we know the Robin Rises story is going on, and we're trying to think, oh, who's going to be the new Robin? Is Damien coming back? And we know for sure five years later it's not going to be Damien because there's this new Robin whose name is Duke. And I really don't like his costume. <laughs> it's more of a futuristic Style look that I just one thing I don't like about it is there's this part that goes up his head a little bit, like on the side of his face. Is this like almost kind of like Batman's mask without the cowl, but the mask is like not on top. Where his face has the normal Robin mask, but there's this armor plating on the side of his face, which I just don't think looks good. Then he has his hair like he has uh dreadlocks where it's in a ponytail kind of way, and I don't like seeing Robin with a ponytail, I'm sorry, <laughs> but. Like I said, it kind of takes away from the mystery. Will Damien be Robin? I mean, maybe he will be, but we know it's not going to be permanent again. But the big thing with this issue was that Batman is kind of keeping this new Robin. Uh, he's kind of, like, keeping him, like pushing him out, trying to protect him, like, not letting him teen up with him all the time. And Batman is actually going up against what he thinks the clone Damien that killed him in Batman Incorporated. So they have this big old fight, and Alfred's kind of keeping Robin busy, like, uh, sending him out on these, like, Smaller crime activities going on, just to keep him away from Bruce, because Bruce ordered Alfred, don't let Robin involved in this. I don't want to see him get hurt and all that stuff. Stuff we've seen before, but it was just very familiar. And the, pretty much the whole issue is Bruce is fighting this clone Damien or well, it's never revealed if it is. Bruce is trying to figure it out if it really is him. He's trying to have Alfred run these tests and just to figure out if it really is. So it all wraps up. It kind of it's very predictable. This clone Damien is beating Batman to a pulp batman's gonna lose alfred saying you're gonna suffer a heart attack you're you're just like you're too you're kind of old for this you're getting pummeled you need help let me send for robin batman says no then robin shows up just in the nick of time anyway because you knew that was gonna happen (laughs) and then they were able to defeat the clone damien but they didn't really say it was the clone or not and it was this it's very predictable where it's like okay him and batman kind of Patch things up now, it was like, he's all saying, listen, you need to trust me if I'm going to be your partner I can handle all this stuff. And, oh, I just, again, I just really didn't enjoy it. Didn't get into the story they were trying to tell. Didn't like the fact that we, we know there's going to be a new Robin five years down the line. So, yeah, all in all, it just didn't work for me again. The only cool part was I always loved the design of the clone Damien with the, the Batman mask and kind of like the turban, like the Arabic turban over his head. I do like that look. And the fight sequence was pretty cool but nothing really special, so... This one's right in the same boat as Batman uh, Futures End. i just going to give it two out of five Gordon Apartments that we don't know how we can afford. I could safely say, in my opinion, the Futures End month has been a massive disappointment. <laughs> the only thing that makes it worth it is that these are the only two issues I bought for it. <laughs> I'm just happy I haven't been disappointed <laughs> with anything else. Because the, at least the zero-year issues we got uh I keep saying zero years, just the zero month, (laughs) the zero month (laughs) issues. We got some good flashbacks to see some origin stories. So, but this is like, yeah, uh, like I said, who knows if we'll even see this future they could reboot the new 52 by then. So it's like, no, what's the point? Uh, So that's the other one. I got the Green Lantern one. What happens five years from now, Hal Jordan's going to be merged into the source wall. So like, okay, (laughs) so that's when I'm reading Green Lantern now, that's what I have to look forward to with Hal Jordan, him being put into the source wall. Uh, so like this this is making me not enjoy the current new uh, new fifty two comics run, so it's like I just want to stay away from any more issues. That's gonna ruin my enjoyment for other stories. So Batman and Robin was the last one I'll read, and thank goodness the futures month is pretty much over by the time we get to our next episode.
2: Yeah, I'm it's it's just a huge disappointment that this isn't this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> this futures end thing isn't good because I remember Zero Year and while Every issue wasn't, I mean, Zero Month, I should say. (laughs) Um, Every issue wasn't wasn't spectacular, but the Batwoman one was one of the best comics I've ever read. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's just disappointing.
1: Yeah, so, (laughs) if you haven't gotten that much, then don't get any more.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's it's, it's a good thing I didn't buy my books yet. (laughs) Why? Because you just see me. $6 (laughs) $6 yeah, <laughs> or I more.
1: Didn't, I didn't get Detective or the like, Grayson wanted any other Batman tie-in, so I'm just staying <laughs> away now. <laughs> but thankfully, we still had Batman Eternal <laughs> because that still continued to go pretty good. So I got to go through four issues here, so <laughs> um, try to give a nice recap on him. But you know, I was excited to see the return of the architect villain coming back. And I have to say, I enjoyed his scuffle with Batman in issue number 22. I mean, Hush pretty much uh, kind of worked out a deal. Hush wants him to attack the Wayne Beacon Tower. At the same time, there's this businessman there that um, uh, Gates wants, Zach Gates wants to take out. So Hush is all you take out the Beacon Tower, I'll deliver this guy for you to get your revenge on. So the architect makes his attack on the Wayne Beacon Tower and he's not alone he has these like mercenary men with him who kind of have similar costumes to his which is pretty cool because you know how much I love the architect costume from Case of Gotham so just in that fact I just love seeing his return in here and then the big part of this issue was that you know Hush uh, injected uh, Scarecrow's fear toxin to Gordon's brain so he's I mean not Gordon Alfred so he's out of commission but his daughter was still in the Batcave so Batman's communicating in the Batcave, he's asking for Penny One, but then his daughter shows up, he's like, "Like, what do you, who, who are you, what do you think you're doing? And then she explains the whole thing, like, you gotta get to Alfred, but then he's all, no, I gotta stop this attack on the tower from happening, Alfred will want, would want it this way. So he convinces her to pretty much be the new Alfred, she's in the Batcave, kind of giving him schematics and giving him information on what to do and keeping him up to date on what's going on. So Batman has a pretty cool fight with the architect again, just visually. I just love the look of his costume when him and Batman clash. It's something <laughs> that I enjoy seeing just two cool costumes going out at it. So Batman has to save some hostages and then he has to take out the architect. And so he's able to save uh, the person that architect was trying to murder here but then Hush ends up taking him out when Batman thinks he got some of the, got the guy to save you. Like, okay, Batman did that all for nothing, but <laughs> Hush is slowly making himself known to Batman. So issue 22 was a cool, I would say, action issue in a fight between Batman and the architect, and then some good dialogue between Batman and Alfred's daughter too. So this was a solid issue. I like the return of the architect, so I'd give this one a solid three and a half out of five Gordon houses that I don't, or Gordon apartments I don't know how he can afford. But then the story continues on at issue number 23. But the main focus of this issue was has to do with Catwoman, who we haven't seen too much lately in Batman Eternal. And I like the start of this because I will say right here, this is probably one of the best New 52 Catwoman stories I've read <laughs> in a while. I know that's not saying much, but it's kind of good to see Catwoman again in a new comic. <laughs> we see her with the guy, uh, King Shark. He He's he's pretty much had this illegal uh, animal fighting his dog fights and he stole this like rare tiger that someone stole for him to teach him a lesson. So Catwoman is trying to save it and put this guy at a commission, but tiger shark comes in and anyway, to get his property back. But then in the end, Catwoman tries to save the tiger, but she's not able to, which is probably the most disappointing aspect of this issue, not, not being able to save a rare, uh, endangered species of a tiger. And Catwoman was pretty pissed about that. So. <laughs> but the big thing was that, she's uh the person the little girl jade who batman killer crocs say in the previous issue she comes to recruit uh catwoman for someone to send it who sends for her and it turns out is falcone's old like mentor crime boss uh, the lion who made his appearance in the black gate breakout and catwoman's furious at him, like why'd you send a little kid to come after me you know she's little and like she makes the reveal that she was his father and i don't know If she's like a real biological father or just like in the sense he was a father who took her in and raised her and kind of brought her into the life of crime so i'm not too sure on where that if she really is his father or not i think it can go either way unless i'm missing something but he pretty much wants to have catwoman stop this whole crime war and she's the one to do it because of her heritage which makes me think that he really is her father because he was this big crime boss back in the day, and with her name, she can unite like the crime families and kind of bring order to this like gang war and chaos that's going on in Gotham, which we know is going to happen. Which we got that sneak peek uh, Batman issue with Batman and Bluebird, and we saw Catwoman was running the criminal empire. So I just like that Catwoman's finally has a good like focus. Like she has a story that's interesting to me, where I'm looking forward to see where it goes with it. She has something to do than what we were getting in the previous Catwoman storylines. So. I like that aspect of her, where her, uh, her character is going with Batman Eternal. And then it turns out the whole thing with uh, Hush using the architect to attack the Wayne Beacon Tower, it was pretty much, to, he wanted to bring it down, but it was also used to, that the architect used to set off an earthquake in Gotham to cause pretty much more panic in the streets and to kind of gave uh, Commissioner Bard more control. He wants to uh, uh, put a state of martial law in Gotham. So there's all these different things that are going on in this earthquake is just going to cause more panic. And then as we find out in the next issue, that's not all. But issue 23, like it. it was one of the better Catwoman stories, like I said, I've read in a while. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, a four out of five Commissioner Gordon or James Gordon apartments that we don't know how we can afford. <laughs> God, it's going to be the hard thing about Gotham, not calling him Commissioner.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. i going to call him Jim. Let's call him Jim. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But issue 24, this one is really focused on the spoiler, which has been a long time coming, I know. <laughs> but, you know, she's been after her dad, the Clue Master, who's been trying to kill her since the very beginning of Batman Eternal. And she's pretty much taking him out at his hideout. She's there kind of watching him deliver his plans or give his plans to Hush. And Hush is pretty much asking, like, why haven't you killed her yet? She's like the one loose end that has to be get- taken care of. And then the Clue Master kind of says, yeah, well, I'll deal with it. And he just goes on to explain how they're going to cause more trouble for Gotham besides the earthquake that happened. Just to kind of put a severe state of panic in Gotham City that will just cause riots throughout the streets and chaos. And it will just give Bard more control from the mayor, which is actually what happens at the end. Bard is saying, you got to like declare martial law. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll give it to you. But um, this issue, spoiler, thinks she's going to take out. Uh, Clue Master's hideout while he's gone and just kind of blow it up, but it ends up Clue Master was there waiting for her. Like I knew you'd be here. This is why I'm going to take you out. Then they go on this pretty cool motorcycle chase where uh, Clue Masters is like, throwing things at her. Uh, Spoiler's able to dodge it and just making their way through the city with explosions going on. because <laughs> Clue Master has all these explosives, but uh, Spoiler's able to outsmart him because they have a. He throws like this grenade type thing at her motorcycle, which causes it to crash. She loses her her motorcycle and. Uh, clue master knocks gets knocked off his but then he gets arrested by the police but he's all like don't you guys know who i am like i'm in league with people who own the gotham city police department like i'll be out of here but then it turns out the spoiler actually outsmarted him because on their motorcycle chase they took him out of the gotham city city limits so <laughs> he's pretty much become he's in state custody now not gotham custody so stephanie brown went in the end and He's all like oh, i'll get you for this and all that but I don't know if we've seen the last of Cluemaster in Batman Eternal, but I think for a while anyway, Spoiler's going to be handling other stuff besides dealing with their father. So this was a good fun issue. Not much added to the main story besides Cluemaster revealing his uh, plan with Hush, but he's been taken out for a little bit anyway. So this was a good issue. Um, I'm probably going to give this one a three and a half out of five Jim Gordon apartments that I don't know how he can afford. And then... And we
2: don't know how yes. he.
1: Find- <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I had it right, and I still get it wrong. <laughs> but then Batman eternal number twenty five this week's issue. this one this has to do a lot with Hush finally confronting Batman because Batman realizes that Bard he's pretty much in on this all this chaos. He you know he's a he's a bad guy now. So this issue deals with a lot of Batman. he didn't go to confront Bard, but when he goes to the apartment there, he confronts Hush and hush makes his appearance. Or so he thinks. It's actually a very convincing hologram <laughs> that Batman's talking to. And Hush kind of said, yeah, I knew you'd figure out Bards involved. I knew you'd come here. That's why I set this trap for you. So he ends up causing a big explosion that on, on Bard's apartment that Batman gets trapped under. But the other focus of this issue is that we kind of see more of the Bat family, how they're finally going to start coming together despite what happened with uh, a death of the family and how they got to work together to get through this, become the Bat family again in a way. So we have a moment with uh, Tim. He's back with uh, Harper Rowe, and then Tim and Jason meet at the hospital to check on Alfred because they first heard about it there. And then uh, Batgirls or Barbara still wondering why Gordon is still in prison because her and Jason got the evidence they needed. They released him, but we know that Barbara destroyed that evidence, so she's just confused of why like why hasn't Gordon been freed yet? So it's pretty much like rallying of the troops. Tim's getting everyone together. You've got Jason. You've got Barbara and it's like okay this is it we got to be with batman and kind of work together to stop this mess so the issue ends when you see batman all in the rubble and he's like batman's calling out for alpha's dollar daughter he's like, like batman to penny too can you hear my send the card on my location but then like tim's all delay that order we've got this and that's how the issue ends. You see uh, red robin batgirl and jason red hood all there to help batman out of this rubble so i did like how the bat family's finally starting to come together in this of course, the only thing missing is Dick, which still irritates me, <laughs> the whole spiral secret agent thing. But hopefully this will kind of put an end to the whole resent they had with uh, the death of the family. They'll start to get things resolved with that, and then they continue to work together to take out Hush. But we know the end's not near, because we're only on issue 25, <laughs> this is a year-long event, so there's still a lot more stories to be told, and maybe more fallout to happen between the different members of the Bat family, but I was glad to see them back working together again. So, all four of these issues, I say, overall, were really solid. I mean, Batman Eternal's been on a run lately. We're, there hasn't really been a bad issue, in my opinion. So, this one was good, too. I'm going to give this one... See, I don't know if it was better or as good as a spoiler one. But I'm going to go a little better. I'm going to give this one four out of five Jim Gordon apartments that we don't know how we can afford. So, Just for the fact that all the Bat family members are finally kind of putting aside their differences and getting together again. But... If only Dick was still there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ever gonna let that go. <laughs> I want—I gave the first issue of Grace a chance, but like, and it was enjoyable, but just the overall story. i am am sorry, it's—it's it's not gonna work for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask what happened. I mean, I know you're all—I mean, you liked it.
1: Yeah, I liked it, but then they had the second issue, which I heard didn't really focus on Dick much, and then Dick had that appearance in uh, uh what issue? I think it was a was it Batman Eternal or was it Batman and? Robin. I don't know. If, it wasn't Batman and Robin. Yeah. No way. It was Batman and Robin. Yeah. Before he, he met up with everyone else in the Bat family in the Batcave, telling him about Damien and how he's going to go to Apocalypse, and then Dick comes out after everyone leaves, and that left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those things where. And then they had the Future's End Grayson issue. Like, oh, I don't even want to know what that's about. If, if Dick is still not going to be <laughs> back into the Bat family full five years from now, I don't even want to know. So <laughs> I didn't even look at it. So who knows. Uh, but Batman Eternal overall is still going good. But now for the last one, Batman Beyond 2.0, the fourth arc. This was a big one. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret if you follow me on Twitter and then what you've heard on past episodes, how much I love and just I was I was saying I gush over kind of like says Batman Beyond stories. They're just awesome. you
2: irritate him on Twitter.
1: I do. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you you uh, Twittering him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I enjoy some, I'll let you I got to let you know. But he has <laughs> given me some retweets in favor, so at least I know uh, he appreciates it. But this issue, I mean, when this whole Batman Beyond 2.0 start uh, comic series started, it was jumping um, a year ahead to when we last left uh, Terry in the comics. And what happened in that year's time was supposed to be a mystery, and that it was going to be revealed in the fourth arc, and we got that arc. And I, when I found out I was supposed to be all the Phantasm, I just really geeked out. <laughs> like, I was expecting some big stuff to go down in this episode. I mean, this arc. And some big stuff did happen. We got some pretty big reveals. And I don't know if you remember, Dave. Remember before the New 52, there is that Batman Beyond story where there is that character, the vigilante, who turned out was the one who actually killed Terry's dad and was actually, like, Joe Chill's grand, grandson. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't really care for that aspect. It was too <laughs> coincidental. Like, what are the chances the grandson who the person who killed Bruce's parents killed Terry's dad. So I know that's not Kyle Higgins fault. into that, that <laughs> story, but when I saw he was brought back into this, I was like, oh, okay, they're going back down that route. Let's see how they work it, work this in.
2: It could but, happen. Yeah. For the most I part, guess. it worked really
1: pretty good, but there's always be that thing where I didn't really like how that's <laughs> worked out. But him and Terry are stopping the jokers. And after they're done with that, uh, Jake Chill is in his apartment, and then he gets a visit from the Phantasm. She's there to pretty much kill him for killing Terry's uh, father, and of course, she gives the classic line, "Like Jack Chill, your angel of death awaits." (laughs) All that classic stuff, you know, from the Phantasm. But Terry's able to stop the Phantasm, and then Bruce is all like, "You got to get out of there now!" He's like, "Why is he here?" And then he sees the terror. He sees actually a picture of his father on Jake's uh, on the floor in his apartment. Because he keeps it there to remind himself to continue to do good as a vigilante. This is that reminder of why he's doing this. And Terry's all, okay, like, why do you have this? Like, who are you? And all that type of thing. And so he begins to tell the story. And then once he finds out that Terry, really he killed him, he just lashes out on Jake Joe. It's like attacking him. And Bruce is all like, you got to get out of there. Like, stop. What are you doing? He turns off the communication and all that. But it turns out, actually, the phantasm smoke kind of, put his feelings to the extreme it kind of brought them out more than what they should it was like they mentioned it was more of like a updated version of the scarecrow fear talks and where it amplified his emotions more so he wasn't really going all out on his own trying to take out jake for killing his father but i think there was a part of him that really meant to do that too so jake gets out of there but then of course terry's kind of questioning bruce like how can you did you know this from the start like bruce is all no i just found out when you started like teaming up with him and terry really doesn't believe him because he knows how can bruce not know that the person <laughs> the grandson of the person who killed his parents worked at wayne Industries. she's how can he not know that bruce knows everything so he doesn't buy it so he goes to dick to kind of find out like do you really trust bruce can i trust him so that he's telling me the truth about jake chill and then we get this like big flashback sequence with dick and barbara where we knew dick and bruce had a falling out and we saw that in old wounds, but now we know, really know why <laughs> Dick was never around in Batman Beyond. It, and it all goes back to Return of the Joker. After Joker did what he did to Tim, and Dick was kind of kicking himself for not, be there, not being there. But now he's going to be there for Barbara and Tim. Just kind of because he's part of the family, he has to be there in this difficult time. So he rekindles his relationship with Barbara, and he's going to propose to her, which has been hinted at in other issues, which was pretty cool. And how. It was going to tie into an old Batman animated series episode, Shadow of the Bat. He was going to use that Ring that he gave her in that episode with the ring. So he has all this stuff planned. But I don't know if you also remember, Dane, it was also hinted that Bruce and Barbara had a relationship in the animated series universe. It didn't last long, but they had one. Do
2: <laughs> so, you like that?
1: Uh, I don't know if I necessarily liked it, but it was part of the like, it was part of the animated series universe canon, so I accepted it. That was a little fling. <laughs> Here's where things okay. get interesting. Bruce, or Dick, is about to propose to Barbara. He's planning it all. Then Barbara finds out she's pregnant. She goes to tell Bruce, Uh-oh. oh, Dick's came back. I'm pregnant. And Bruce is, oh, I'll have to congratulate Dick. He's like, I'm six weeks pregnant. Dick's only been here for three weeks. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> When I read that, I was like, oh man. <laughs> wow.
2: Swinging for <from> the fences. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Kyle Higgins. So
1: that was like, how do you want to handle it? Like, Barb's all, like, I'll tell Dick what is right and all that. So she's like, all by yourself on a subway. And Dick's out, like, getting all the stuff planned to propose. And then Bruce makes an appearance in his loft as Batman. <laughs> He's all, um, I need to talk to you before you do something silly and propose to Barbara. <laughs> and then so he tells bad Dick how they had a thing. <laughs> oh, and then Dick's all okay, <laughs> how long? And then that's all he like skips to like small talk. He's all she's pregnant. Oh <laughs> Dick's no. like, you son of a... and just like punches up and starts <laughs> going off on him. But what happens with Barbara is when she's on like a subway ride home, she sees a mugging going on. She goes to stop it. And, oh, that's another thing. After Return of the Joker, that's where she quit being Batgirl, and she ended her relationship with Bruce. So she wasn't Batgirl, but she decided to help this couple who were getting mugged, but during that fight, she gets injured. She gets not extremely beaten up, but she gets punched around a little bit, and then that ends up where she loses the baby, so she never has it. That's, because her, oh, that's
2: yeah. convenient.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because Dick and Barbara were telling the story and, like, terry's like oh okay, that's why he <laughs> pretty much has to look on his face well that's why things are so bad between guys <laughs> so like what happened between that like bruce just did what he always did just like lived his life as batman like hid away from everything as batman didn't really do much with anyone at all that's kind of how everyone went their separate ways after that but really they didn't do much with anything with each other after that so it just added to the pieces where i always wonder like what was the big thing why dick and bruce had this big falling out why Dick was never around for Batman Beyond at all, the animated series or anything. And now that we got this information, like, that's a pretty big reason. And I could totally get why Dick <laughs> would resent Bruce for as long as he did. But that was the big reveal of this whole story arc. But then... How... What, that that
2: Bruce and Babs had a baby at yeah. one point? Yeah. Or... Oh, man. it's <laughs> <laughs> just one of those, like, awkward things. Yeah. It was, like...
1: You could just tell it was awkward with Dick and Barbara just when telling Terry the story. <laughs>
2: It's it's kind of like if your friend's ex girlfriend is going out with your other friend. Yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> it's like it's for Dick's kids. It's like his father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> like at the one hand, like because the animated series Batman is my favorite version of Batman. Like that kind of makes him too much, almost like a jerk or someone you can't root for too much. But it doesn't kill the character for you. But just one of the. <laughs> Not the bright spots in the character, <laughs> so to say. It's definitely
2: not the bright spots. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the story goes on where Jake Chill actually wants to go confront the Jokers. They end up catching, capturing him, and they expose him to some extreme Joker toxin. So he's all messed up. Batman, or Terry, goes to confront him to help him, and the phantasms there too. <laughs> so she's trying to kill him while Terry's trying to save him. But Jake Chill ends up dying from the... Joker talks, and Batman able, isn't able to save him. And the phantasm, uh, her even though she didn't really do it, her mission's accomplished by having him dead. That was another cool point too, where she Andrea actually goes back to the Batcave to confront Bruce, and they're just having a conversation. I just like how it had where Bruce says like I tried looking for you for years, and how Andrea says we're so much alike yet so much different because I'm willing to do what needs to be done as far as killing, and how like you know they're supposed to be together, but. It's one of those things that was never meant to be. But... Kind of like uh, Laurel and
2: Oliver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least so far, it's season one. <laughs> two.
2: Man, Kyle Higgins really, really likes the animated series. Yeah. Or the animated stuff.
1: It I shows. Think. That's why it's so great.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so this was, that was just a cool moment where it wasn't a long conversation, but just the fact that her and uh, Andrea and Bruce had a conversation together was really cool. And she she reveals that the reason she wants to kill Jake Chill is so Terry doesn't, because he has to be... The perfect Batman. Bruce never had that opportunity to confront his parents' killers, and she just thinks that if Terry does, he'll probably cross that line and kill him, and Batman can't do that. So that was her reasoning, but the end of the issue, or the story arc goes, that it was actually all Amanda Waller's doing. Like She hired the Phantasm to do that, because as we learned in an epilogue, the whole thing of Terry coming about and Project Batman Beyond is all her doing, <laughs> it's all her project, so... It makes sense that she would be the one to hire the Phantasm to carry this out. So, the other big thing is because how this Batman Beyond 2.0 started way back, Terry was under Dick's tutelage, and you wonder, okay, what happened to uh, Bruce? Why do you leave? So, it turns out Bruce and Terry have, this is the thing that caught me off guard. Were you expecting another, like screaming and yelling, Terry, how can I trust you? I'll never trust you. But it wasn't, it was very calm. And Terry just realized, you know, I just can't be, this is a bad situation here. Dick and Barbara, everyone, they stayed with you like too long and they didn't turn out, it turned out worse for them. Like they didn't have, they didn't turn out to be better people for that. Like living, like working under you, it's just going to be bad for me. So I got to get out now and just like do things a different way because I can't do this under you. It's just going to end up bad (laughs) because Bruce doesn't trust it. Really, no one can trust him. And he just does things his own ways that it's only going to be best for the mission and for Gotham City. So Terry has to leave Batman, and that's how it ends. He leaves Bruce, but to go uh, be under Dick's tutelage now. So I was kind of glad they didn't have the typical, like, sh- like shouting out, like, yelling out each other and Terry just leaving it in a fit. But they kind of just – you just realize the calmly, like, I just got to get out of this situation. This isn't good for me. Judging by Dick and Barbara's experience, I just got to get out now. So that's where we pick up later on, the year later, where he's with Dick. So I thought it fit together the pieces nicely. The only nitpicks I had with it was – um, the phantasm I felt was a bit underused, she had her moments, but I was expecting her to be a bigger focus and play a bigger part in the story, but not as much as I thought she would. That was a little disappointing. And the only thing that was left hanging or wasn't answered, you know, uh, at the beginning of this whole series, Dana and Terry aren't together anymore. They, they broke up too, but they never showed that in this particular story. And, but then we know in epilogue they end up getting married, so <laughs> I don't know why he decided not to have them together in this whole series and when he doesn't really show what happened to the relationship. So that's the one thing that's left hanging in the air. But overall, this is another great arc by Cal Higgins. I'm probably not going to give it a perfect score. Like I did the last one with the justice Lords and so that one was just amazing, but this one was almost just as good. So I'm going to give it four and a half out of five Jim Gordon apartments that we don't know how we can afford Just again. I'll say it again and again. If you're not reading this, story if you're a fan of the animated series it's a must read it just adds so many layers to the animated series universe it's awesome which is disappointing now that the series is ending in november like no (laughs) one of the best batman's comics out there is ending so but the good part is kyle higgins says he has enough time to plan out the ending and end it on the way he wants to so i'm looking forward to see how it all wraps up do you
2: do you want to um i mean since uh batman I was in Batman Forever. Oh God! <laughs> Batman Beyond is ending. Um, do you want to start a new section of the podcast called Tweets from Kyle Higgins? <laughs> I
1: don't think he's going to be tweeting about Batman Beyond, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: well, it's going to be about it's, his it's, projects, probably. Yeah, just like all of. I'm I'm not focusing on his new projects. He has that Kyle thing. Yeah, but uh just like the random tweets like this. (laughs) He says, and all flights out of Chicago are canceled today. (laughs) Then he posts a picture of his parents. He just puts parents on it. (laughs) That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. And then he says, uh, seeing commercials for that Chicago PD show makes me laugh. All All the title cards use red, blue squad lights. Cop cars only have blue in Chicago. Uh... And finally, let's do one more, Tim. Let me find a good one.
1: They're trying to give some more tweets from Corbin competition, huh?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, he says, back in Chicago. And then he says, you know you're at the airport early when the line for Starbucks is longer than security. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be our new segment, tweets from Kyle Higgins. I don't know why I really don't, but... Who cares? It, it Let's so just fun. do it. Well, <laughs> We're doing a minute-by-minute minute commentary. So why not?
1: Well, Dane, I just talked a mouthful. I need to drink some water, so I'll let you handle the outro. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, man, handing it over. See, it's not as easy as it looks, huh, Tim?
1: Well, when you talk for by yourself for almost 20 minutes... <laughs> I See,
2: so, so maybe you should just give Dane a little bit of respect, you know? instead of Instead of just... Just thinking that I, I do this easily.
1: No, you just need to read your books uh, earlier so you can help me with the comic review. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I will do the outro. Uh, we just want to remind you to go over to tweak Audio and you can get some headphones. If you decide to purchase some headphones, you can enter the promo code TVU SAVES and you can get 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping. So just go over to tweakedaudio.com and check out some headphones or earphones or earbuds or whatever you want to call them <laughs> because there's no right word for them because I think the lines have been blurred. Um, but with that, we're done. So just go over to batmanuniverse.net and follow the Batman Universe on Facebook and Twitter and the Facebook uh address is facebook.com slash Batman universe. And the Twitter handle is at Batman universe. And you follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, Tim's Twitter handle is at Tim G And mine is at Dane says banana. And Corbin is at Corbin underscore underscore pool. And that's not Corbin underscore pool. That's Corbin, the actual underscore <laughs> pool. <laughs> i to type in underscore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can find us on iTunes, so please rate and review us. We always appreciate those. And you can find all the other Batman Universe podcasts on there. But most of all, just rate and review ours. And you can mm-hmm. rate and review theirs, too. Uh, and if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash batman. <laughs> that fans podcast.
1: I've been. and Would you say I've done better in updating the Facebook page with stuff? <laughs> I've been trying, but. Yeah,
2: you've been trying to. Nobody's been listening, but yeah, who cares? But
1: Twitter, on the other hand, has been going really good. I'm glad I yeah. started that account up.
2: Yeah, I would have never thought to start one for our yeah. people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking of Twitter, you can follow our Twitter account, which Tim and I tweet out of every day and look at every day. Uh, And our Twitter handle is at batfans27. That's the number 27. Not the spelling 27. (laughs) Uh, But as always, we like to say we love you guys. Don't ever forget that. We love you guys. Unless your name is Corbin. (laughs) So (laughs) we love you guys. Uh, And we love you, Corbin. I was just playing. Uh, We love you. We love you. We love you. Goodbye, everybody. That. <laughs> <laughs> Man, broken up about that.
1: Just wait till we get to November. I'm gonna be a
2: mess. Gonna cry. I'm gonna get that on. I'm gonna get that on recording.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear my teardrops. <laughs>